Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I thought my daughter's imaginary world was harmless. I thought she was just bright and creative. She was special. Welcome back to another episode of Mother May I Sleep with the Podcast. I'm Molly McAleer. Today we are talking about the movie Terror in the Woods. And some of you know me as Molly McAleer, but many of you know me as Slender Molly. <laughs> I was very obsessed with the Slender Man case, um, mostly just like obsessed with the idea of this woodland creature uh, having such an influence. And the fact that he exists, he's just this long, skinny ass man. That was fascinating to me. Someone <laughs> with long limbs, I related to him. Not so slender right now, and I'm working on that. But guys, today my guest is a friend of the show. She has been someone who's been in my online peripheral life for a while, I would say. But recently, we've been going live on stereo multiple times a week. I swear to God, like, I feel like it sounds like I have like shares in stereo. Stereo happened to me. I enjoy going on there so much. And very early on in discovering and enjoying the platform of stereo, I asked my friend Krista, girly, you want to go live? She was like, yeah. And then we went Mm -hmm. live for like two days straight. And (laughs) we have just had so much fun on there. We do the silliest bits. We like have decided we love left-handed people. Like we can name a crazy amount of left-handed people. Maybe that should be like a little game we play within this show today where we shout out left-handed people. Absolutely. I'm down. I mean, off top, we got plenty. So ready to roll. If it comes up naturally, we'll shout out. But like, just can we just start out by saying Celine Dion? What's up, girly? What's up, girly? Uh, Whoopi Goldberg. What's happening? Yeah. Uh, Drew Barrymore. Great left. Drew Barrymore. Lady Gaga. Was Will Smith? Was Will Smith left handed? Uh, I don't (laughs) think so. I don't know. Um. I remember like what so we were trying to do this bit where like we were going to find the most supreme left-handed person <laughs> and have them design a left-handed person unity tattoo. So like essentially if you enjoy <laughs> the stupid shit we get into on this podcast, you would enjoy probably our stereos. Um, yeah. because we'll just I mean really I blow myself away with my ability to just talk about fucking nothing. Um, So terror in the woods. I'm so glad that you and I are doing this one in particular because, well, I think that we have a good enough rapport that you and I know how far we can take it when making fun of little kids. And also, I think a respectful (laughs) balance between like absurdity and compassion And, you know, I mean, here's the thing, right? This movie deals with a lot of stuff. This movie deals with mental illness, specifically schizophrenia. 
Um, I'm not going to lie. I do not have the roundest vocabulary when it comes to describing like an episode, for example. So like a schizophrenic. If you want to warn you yeah, in advance. I, not yeah, a clue. I want to warn you either. in advance. Yeah. I don't if you're looking for like insight into that, I actually I hopefully will not be offensive, but I'm I might actually say things by accident that are considered taboo in the community. I have really enjoyed this case. I think this case is really interesting, similar in the way to a case I bring up a lot. It was also a lifetime movie, which was the Michelle Conrad, um, the Boston girl, the texting teen who texted her boyfriend to kill himself. Oh, yes. Uh, the texting suicide girl. Yes. Yeah. That, and they was, were both- that was impossibly dark. Right. And like they're both mentally ill children, essentially, who need like some sort of greater mm-hmm. intervention and aren't receiving it. Um, and instead, like creating a sick little world in within their own actual lives. Um, this movie brought up. Yeah, a- no, this is like trauma and mental illness just like going for it. Uh, and that was kind of at the center of it, which I didn't really realize with the actual case. Um, which was interesting. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. So like one thing I really liked about this movie is that, you know, this takes place in Waukesha, Wisconsin, um, which is like an average place in America. I've been there. It's beautiful. It's where Nick from The Bachelor is from. Um, But like, you know, this is like very much America. And what I loved about this movie that I felt was very authentic was the Walmart core that took place throughout all of this. Like, our main girl, Caitlin, wears the same skeleton hoodie throughout the entire movie. Like, yeah. And that was actually um, from what I could tell when I was reading about the actual case. That was like an intentional allusion to what uh, Morgan Geyser, who's the character that she's kind of playing, was wearing at so the time. I thought she was playing Anissa Weir because Anissa was the one. See, okay, this is where I always get confused, which is that and so Caitlin is playing the one that has a father that's schizophrenic, right? Yeah, so Kate, uh, Caitlin is playing the Morgan Geyser character because she was the um, the person in the duo that was uh, schizophrenic. So here's the thing. With a family history, yeah. Where we are now is that Anissa Weir is, you know, she's really trying to push because they got their sentences and like Morgan basically got pinned with the whole murder and Anissa got like bystander. They tried these women, these women, these girls as adults. They were like 12 years old at the time, I believe, which is crazy to think it's been that Mm -hmm. long already because they're 18, 19 now. And um I actually like looking back at this movie, if the depictions of Rachel and Caitlin as Anissa and Morgan were even remotely similar, like. I feel like Rachel is much more dangerous. Oh, Rachel's terrifying. Rachel is the one encouraging everything like I had to. I really had to put the brakes on myself as an adult woman and not be like, I want to slap that child. Because uh, she's just like, yeah, no, 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 like, this is cool. Like, we're going to do this. And she kind of orchestrated everything. 
Right. Um, like it was a little like, I'm not going to lie. This was a little like, oof. It was triggering for me in some senses because she is, you know, she has a, a single mom who mm-hmm. broke up with her stepdad. She's living with her stepdad in the movie. And um, her mom does not have custody of her for some reason. And she lives in like the nicer of the two environments. Caitlin's house is like, they did a great job with making Caitlin's house like everyday chaotic. Mm-hmm. They did. Like mom and I love her dad. Yeah. Mom doesn't get to clean like six days a week. And dad is dealing with like a mental health crisis. So that house is like a hellhole essentially. Um, and there's or, a like, small boy there. So there's a small fucking tornado going everywhere. It probably like, honestly, if you're a mom, stop and look around. It probably looked like your own house right now. Like it's very it's seemed very normal. Right. Yes. And then we have, um, you know, the Rachel character living in a much more proper home, but she's essentially raised by an iPad and it's mm-hmm. turned her feral. Yeah, she was. I got very feral vibes. There was a lot of moments where I was like, I'm feeling aggressive feral energy. And she's not a little girl that's like allowed to or not. Maybe maybe she is a little bit like matured down, I would say, like, especially if she's being raised by a single father. But like Mm -hmm. she doesn't have like the femininity that someone like the Emily character is allowed to have. And they did a really good job of making each girl live inside of a universe that if you've been a teen girl, if you know a teen girl, like you recognize every single one of these characters. Yeah. It was incredibly jarring in that sense where I was just like, Oh man, I've been like when the kids, any bullying scene that happened, I was like, I've seen that kid and I know that kid and that kid's name is Tim. Like fuck these kids. Uh, no, so like, it was very well done in that. The only regard. thing it was missing was like a girl with like cookie monster pajama pants and talkies. <laughs> like that's what it was missing. <laughs> like that meme, you know, it was. Yes, she would have fit right in. So let's uh, we open up on a on this like sort of chaotic montage of like a girl dreaming and drawing and imagining at home mixed in with the mom talking to a group of parents. It's Angela Kinsey from The Office, by the way. Oh, yeah, that was I thought she was from The Office, but I didn't watch The Office, so I don't know. Which is like something that I want to like chime in on early. I'll get back to it in a second, but I want to chime in on this early. But yeah, she's talking about how she thought her daughter's imagination was harmless. We also see a lot of shots of the woods. We see a girl crying out. We see blood. She thought her daughter was bright and creative. She was special and all of those kinds of things. Some kids imaginations are harmless. But my daughter's imagination, it led her into something I could have never imagined. Her obsession with the suzerain changed our lives forever. The suzerain. Suzerain. By the way, I kept like thinking in my head, I was like, oh, suzerman. Like, I don't I like turned it into like a Seinfeld villain. Like, or I was like, oh, suzerman. Like, I don't know who that is. But- no, it sounds like like the uh, like a longer version of like Susan. Like the full name of a Susan, like a suzerain. I do have a friend named Susan and I might actually start referring her as suzerain in conversation. But um, yeah, I thought suzerain was a great name in terms of like taking something that everyone knows off the Internet and making it into a legend when they did that on 
Law and Order SVU, the name of the character was um, the Glasgow man, the Glasgow man. Yes. <laughs> Which is like, uh, it's so much worse. It was those, those episodes are so good, um, but that's a completely different tangent. But yeah, Glasgow man, hilarious. Suzerain, effective. Great. So yes. we see our girl, Rachel watching a YouTube video in her closet and it's this kid who's hunting suzerain and we're establishing (laughs) that there's this online culture where kids and adults alike are basically like LARPing or searching for this character and I sent you something before we recorded tonight because just like (laughs) thinking about the production of all of this like the way even they created the YouTube videos within this movie, it doesn't seem like something as much as kids are like technologically advanced and all of that. None of it felt like any material that was like actually produced by a child. And there's this thing on YouTube, (laughs) this like dark hole that I found when I was trying to basically figure out what the child rules for YouTube are now. Like, because I'm for some reason very concerned about that. I feel like I'm Chris Hansen and in charge of everything. But I sent you a video of this thing. So it's like called Game Masters. And it's a channel called like Matt and Rebecca or Rebecca and Matt. And it's this like grown ass adult couple. Like I would even say they're probably a little older than me. Mm -hmm. And they act out these like, I guess. Okay. So I, cause I had to look in the, in the description and the words, (laughs) thank you for watching my entertainment, entertainment comedy vlog. What was very much lost in the mix. Like it was very much like, Almost like if you if you just glanced, you would barely see it. But I, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, it would be it's so easy. You're a kid and these like adults are being like, oh, my God, like the game master. And they were tying it into like this real thing where like. The character, Rebecca, who's a real person who like also (laughs) presents herself in like vlogs as a real person. So if you're a kid and you're following this. You see like her real life and then you see these like, oh, my God, I'm being haunted by the game master. Yeah. I was going to say, do you want to um, do you want to tell the class uh, what the name of this video is? Okay, so the name of this video, I mean, I got I guess we will just play some of it. Why not? So my wife is an evil ghost is the name of this. Now, I cannot stress this enough. This is a man in a T-shirt that belongs in 2013. It is a T-shirt with like, you know, dark rim glasses and just a hairdo. That's their merch is like his glasses and hair is so recognizable. That is very like 2015, 14, like boardwalk attire. Yeah, you're very much getting an impulse mustache tattoo on your finger. Mm -hmm. Then we have this guy who's wearing like a green ski mask a beanie, um, some glasses, green t-shirt. And this character's name, because it it took me a few times to hear it. This character's name is Rick Noah. Okay, so this is Rick (laughs) Noah. I don't know what this is, if this is some like Rick and Morty sort of shit or what the hell it is. And then there's Rebecca, who's really married to this guy, Matt, who's in a Zamfam t-shirt, which I think is also their merch. 
she yes. is like very much went to blow like dry bar like she has like full makeup on she gets pretty to make these videos for these kids and then there's this other friend there also in a zam fam shirt and she's uh i don't know she's got like the she's got like the bisexual haircut but like it's like frizzy and she looks distressed and she is also wearing a zam fam shirt that is cut very uncomfortably yeah, it's like a lot like I feel what I think the thing that makes me so uncomfortable about this is like the mid level of production like they all so, got yeah. themselves camera ready and they're floating out this mystery thing. But it's you know, it's written for children. Yeah, but th- they also mentioned IVF a bunch of times like so they- that's <laughs> what I'm going to start with. OK, so <laughs> this is what's weird about it. Right. So she's a vlogger. She vlogs, but then she also does this thing. So they mm-hmm. start this video out by, I guess, highlighting the fertility struggle that they've discussed on this YouTube channel. I'm going to play the beginning. Rebecca, are you sure you're OK? Your face looks pale. No, I feel fine. I feel oh, 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 oh no, no. Rebecca, you okay? What just happened? What just happened? Maddie, what did you do to my wife? I think it was a ghost! Wait, no. My wife is not a ghost. Let's get her up to the couch, guys. Help me, help me, help me. Rebecca? I feel like Daniel right now. I can't lift her up. Is she okay? I don't know. I don't know. Rebecca, you okay? Rebecca? Rebecca? Rebecca. I really think it's because of the ghost. No, no, no. It's probably because of the pregnancy stuff. Wake up, Rebecca. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Rebecca. Are you able to sit up? What? Are you able to sit up? Yeah. What just happened? I don't know. I just... uh... Get some medication I'm taking. I don't know. Let's get Rebecca upstairs. Yeah, she's Come on, rest us off. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You, sure you didn't feel a ghost. Okay. So like much like Dora the Explorer or like any of these other kids shows, they're hinting towards the kids like, yo, this is what you do next because we're telling you she needs to go get some rest. So they write, go get some rest on the bottom of the screen. <laughs> Yeah, and they have periodically, that's like a feature of the videos is that they'll be like, oh, we're going to drive a car. And like when they say car, like a car will appear <laughs> from the bottom of the screen and then like go back down. Right. Um, or like spooky so they're just ghosts. like really, yeah, spooky ghosts. That oh. too. You know, I look at something like this and it reminds me of like when I went to Disneyland not that long ago and I was like, wow, these rides are like not as bitching as I remember. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, because you were five, like you had a tiny ass body. So like anything was so exciting to you, like you were just like, oh, my God, I got jerked like four inches. It's crazy. Like, so, um, you know, I look at something like this and I think, God, you know, even this, you know, dumbest kid would be dumb to fall for this. This is terrible. Then I realized like, oh, you get a four year old watching this. They're worried about Rebecca's IVF. Yeah, no, and they they are <laughs> like it's fucking bizarre. Also, I want to point out about all the people in the video that they all look like they could be going to a porn shoot like in 25 minutes. Like it looks like a house in which porn is shot and no. they all look like they are dressed for porn. No, for sure. Like this, it the whole thing very much feels like like this is the children's series they filmed during their downtime from the porn they were filming upstairs. <laughs> That's what it feels like. like. Whatever Rick Noah gets into after hours, like why does he have to cover his face now that I think of it? True. So, okay. So I was, yeah, I said to Krista, you have to watch this because like the thing is, is like, 
Listen, we know I can fall down a conspiracy rabbit hole. I love my Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss. We're together for yeah, many years. I love that. That's real. That's I love conspiracy I do. Theory. I don't mind like flirting with a little QAnon. <laughs> I don't mind flirting with a little QAnon. Some of it, I'm like, you know what? I could see how they get people going on the ground floor. I could see how they get it going because... It's some of it's enticing, right? And then you start getting into the, oh, this is fucking crazy. And it involves being a hateful person and anti-Semitic at the very least. So like, no, cut off here, right? But I can see like how a child would get wrapped up in something like this. And this is a mindset I keep having to remind myself of because the idea that they could get so caught up in a story um, that like, you know, thankfully they even show someone in the movie being like that's a dumb internet conspiracy theory because like, yeah that's slender like man, towards the end there yeah slender man was out there dog like slender man was something that's like that's an old meme like you couldn't just like walk up to some some peer of yours and say slender man and they probably don't know what you're talking about right so yeah um they really chose to believe so yeah we see rachel watching youtube videos in her closet um and her dad finds her deshaun her stepdad finds her in the closet and she like starts screaming and you know it's kind of one of those things where you can almost tell if it was like her quote-unquote real dad as awful as yeah. that is to say he would probably be like you can't sit in the closet and watch youtube videos but this is a person who's not the primary parent or is not supposed to be the primary parent but is acting as and also she's been through a lot so like if you want to kill time on your ipad that's fine right yeah absolutely i'd also like to point out that rachel's dad is hot like the rare oh, yeah, actual no, I was very attractive to him. man i was in a very attracted movie. to him yeah, yeah, he's super, super, super hot. Uh, hottest parent for sure. I understand how he nailed Jackie. So from my remembrance of the HBO Slenderman documentary, Caitlin's family was very sympathetic. Like I mm-hmm. very much sympathized with their story. Um, you know, totally different scene over there. We have uh, Danny, her mom, who's, you know, just barely keeping her head above water, which like is kind of a mini theme in this for me, like throughout my notes, mm-hmm. like head above water, dog. I wrote that like five times. Her husband um, gets out of bed and he's a bit sleepy, not particularly helpful, but he's great with the kids. And you're trying to figure out, you know, if you've never seen the movie, what the hell's going on here? And it's like it's kind of clear, like the dad's a little bit behind the eight ball, but it's not because he is a piece of shit. Because Danny doesn't seem yeah. like she would put up with a piece of shit. So, okay. Um, yeah, but like she's like saying like Caitlin needs to get ready. You know, um, Caitlin's talking to her friend Sophie, her imaginary friend Sophie in her room about how she can't bring her dragons to school because it's just the first day. And, yeah. um, you know, her mom comes up to get her to go down to school. And, you know, she's very much at a stage where she's probably just started to say, mom, I don't want you to hug me. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> There's now, so many, so many moments in this film where I'm just like, oh, God, I feel being a 12 year old girl so much watching it. And like, this is where I want to establish again. I, I hate I feel bad. I don't hate it. I actually love it. If I'm being honest, I love all the moments. We're not talking about the movie just as much. But um, this is a note on the movie. Uh, Angela Kinsey being the mom in this movie was an interesting choice for me because 
it's not to say that comedic actresses can't do a dramatic role, but it felt very much like a choice because like there's a few things she does in this that definitely feel like bits and like maybe a lesser actress wouldn't have delivered them as comedy bits, but she is because she's naturally funny. So I, I thought it was like an interesting choice to like infuse this actress that everyone, most people have a very lighthearted connotation of, you know, or like association yeah. with. Yeah, it was like a very soft uh, Jim Carrey going serious. Very much soft Jim Carrey. That is so interesting. <laughs> By the way, left-handed icon, I think, J- Jim Carrey. I think Jim Carrey is a left-handed icon. Yeah. Shout out to Jim. Shout out to his family. He, shout out to his mm. family. We're both H3 fans, too, by the way. So if that happens, I apologize. Peace and love. I apologize. Um, so, yeah, Rachel, again, she has a nice little like townhouse. And they I guess they do live in the same like townhouse complex, which is interesting. Yeah. It seems like massive. It's like one of those like they have a shit ton of them near me. Like it's very suburban, like where there's like townhouses, but they're all stuck together in like a apartment complex sort of situation. Yeah, I, I grew believe up in it a... was like Pinewood Suites or something like that, which I kind of liked. Yeah, I grew up in a similar situation, like where it was like a little townhouse and I had my friends in my townhouse. So, yeah, let's um let's play this clip. We see Rachel. Um, she sits down because she thinks she's unattended at home to watch something. 526 to 7.06. Fictitious Dark Lord called the suzerain, an internet meme that went viral. Befriending young children and inviting them to live in his palace in the forest. Oh, man, you're breaking all the rules, kiddo. Hey, hey, it's, it's a middle school. New kids, fresh start, and a blank slate. Not all new kids. Some of them know me. Some of the mean ones. All right. Let me see you back. I'm on. What? Well, she's going to this middle school. Oh, come on now. You got to watch your words, please. Because if you don't have nothing nice to say, then what? Hmm? Don't say anything at all. That's right. All right, look, 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 look. What I want you to do is just build up a little more confidence under your belt. And if any kid messes with you, I want you to stand up to them and show them what you're made of. And that no one messes with Rachel Peters. Okay? All right, your mother's going to pick you up after school and keep you with her until I finish up at the recruiting station. Is mom having dinner with us? You know your mom worked nights down at the plant, Rachel. Hey, look here. Uh, the bus uh be here real soon. You have two minutes. It's getting late. What a good man. An incredible man. I'm in love with him. I would uh, I would have a lot of his children. Yeah. So he's like in the military or something and raising his ex ex's kid for her. And like, you know, her bedroom is all tricked out. Like he's not going half ass on this. He's not a weekend dad. He's a cool dad. Yeah, no, he's doing the damn thing. And mom's working at the plant overnight. Like what? Where is she? working? 
<laughs> Dude, I don't Jeez. think mom's working at a plant. If I'm being honest with you, I did not get the vibe that mom is actually working at a plant. Oh, 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 I'm a child. Okay. Yeah, I think she, you know, works on I'm like planting her titties plant on some man's face. No, she might actually, you know, she might actually work at a plant, but they definitely gave her like, you know, I'm a stripper for the first time at 28 in living life kind of vibes. Yeah, no, I, I feel like you're being generous to say that, like, maybe she actually worked at the plant now that I'm thinking about it. But thank you. Yeah, uh, I truly was just like, oh, I'm like new to the world and I had no idea. But yeah, um, no, Jackie gives me that vibe. So Rachel gets to school and it's just like she imagined, like no one's going out of their way to talk to her. She spots Caitlin, who has like a bloody elbow that she's inspecting. And Rachel tries to smile at her, but Caitlin's not giving anything back. Uh, but on the bus, Rachel's getting picked on by some bully types. Uh, I believe they say, why your face look like that? And throw they a did piece say, of paper at her. Why your face? It was like, why your face look like that? And they yeah, all laughed. I know. Like, it was very like thinking back, like the stuff that would have really hurt me. Oh, same. Every, honestly, it did hurt me. <laughs> like just being at home watching it hurt me. Yeah, I just was like, oh, my God, like the way that I would have internalized that, like I would have carried that for years. Like and I and by the way, like things were said to me like that. I just can't remember them right now because thankfully I've like moved on. But um, yeah, so Rachel compliments Caitlin's fingerless gloves uh, because Caitlin comes up and sits down next to her when she sees her getting bullied. And she's like, thanks. Yeah, I never take them off. I'm weird. Just ask anyone. And she does like a which was like on weird. Very that uh, that Jughead Riverdale little moment that he does where he's like, I wear this hat like I'm weird. <laughs> it was like very much one does of that those seem moments. like something a normal person would do. Yeah. Jughead's yeah. hot, by the way, though. Oh, Jughead's so hot. Like, I think Jughead was hot when he was a cartoon. I feel that. You know what? I'm here for you. I my first crash was on Ash from Pokemon, so it's fine. Hell yeah, girl. So <laughs> yeah, um, it's very like Roar XD. I think that's what the younger kids yeah. would call it. Very not like other girls. So yeah, she says she likes fantasy books a lot, and she thinks Rachel should give them a try. And also, she knows baby dragons, mm-hmm. um, which is a real thing that happened to me. I was a victim of this. Like, I had two <laughs> girls tell me Aww. that they were in contact with dragons, that they would like you know go to the dragon world all the time. And I remember like after months of being told that they see dragons and I don't, I like called my friend's mom and I was like, be real with me. Like, can she see dragons? <laughs> and she was like, like, I have to know. And she was like, yes. And I was like, no, 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 no. But, but like, be real with me, real with me. Like, can she see dragons? And she was like dying laughing. And she was <laughs> like, no, she can't see dragons. And I was like, wait, no, but like, really? Like, now I feel like you're lying to me. Like, can she see them? And she's like losing her mind, which like, by the way, I'm sure it was funny. But like, also, oh God, she was yeah. kind of like the mean friend of my, like, you oh. know, like out of all my friends, like she was the mom that kind of was like cunty. Like she told my mom to not like bother letting me try out for some play. Cause she's like, oh, that's it's a big right. So she was always a cunt anyway. And she yeah. probably was like secretly proud of her, like weird goth daughter for like, l- like convincing me about dragons. Right. But like, I, yeah. 
was like level with me. I'm a second grader, dude. I'm fucking calling you up. I'm calling you as an eight year old with a business appointment. I need to know, does your dad is dragons or what? Oh, my God. I'm so like, that's part of the reason I'm excited to have children is just like you just get a phone call from an eight year old. Like, can you fucking be real with me here? Level I with need me. to know. <laughs> I need to know if you, you guys got dragons. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So Rachel sees Caitlin talking to her best friend, Emily, who's really girly. She seems right off the bat spoiled like the anti Rachel. For sure. Yeah, she's a lot uh, right off top. She's got fairy wings on. She's really rocking it. She also looks very much like the actual person, which I was kind of like alarmed I know, by. I know. I want to get into that more. I mean, like, listen, the way they stage it in this movie is that I can imagine a Rachel, like a character like Rachel being deeply jealous of it seems like the hands on attention Emily gets. Oh, yeah. The physical, like material goods that Emily gets. Like, she's very like. You know, you can tell she's mommy and daddy's pretty little princess. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, Emily's personality leaves a lot to be desired. I'm not talking about the real life victim. I'm talking about the way they I think they did like hyper. Oh, they they did exaggerated versions of what these girls really were. Because like when I look back at a lot of the. Stuff that came out like interviews with Peyton like her mom was very like careful to be like she was very girly like you know she always went by the nickname Bella I think so like you know yep. in a way um I do feel like they were just like hyper exact they were doing drag these three little girls are in drag yeah they are all in um preteen stereotype drag so um yeah Emily's you know in a fairies and Rachel gets passed a note by the boys calling her a stinky crybaby, rough, which is so upsetting. Like, first of all, the word stinky is so mean. <laughs> like, that's it probably mean. the meanest word. Like, I don't when people are like, oh, you like you call like a child, like a little stinker. I'm always like, you shut the fuck up. Well, it's like a baby. The, the thing with stinky <laughs> that's rough is that like. Because, like, you smell gross, like, you can wash that off. But stinky implies that, like, you're rotting from the inside. And, like, no matter how hard you go home and scrub, like, you'll never not be stinky. (laughs) That's the most intense trauma-informed reaction to the word stinky I think I've ever heard. Well, no, I don't feel, like, trauma-informed by it. Like, I'm literally just saying, like, what I I assume stinky means is that it's, like, from deep within. You're just like a stinky person. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, it is painful. She needs to drink dandelion tea. That's what they're saying to her. So um, the teacher comes in and greets all of them. And Caitlin, out of nowhere, nays in the class. Yo, in my notes, I have this written as Caitlin lets a sick nay rip. And we all know who the bad <laughs> bitch is. And she like, does let a sick nay rip. <laughs> In retrospect, I'm like, how is that being like, I'm the fucking alpha in the room? <laughs> right. No, I mean, it's horse girl behavior. Like, there's a whole sub subsect on uh, Tumblr that talks in great detail about what it was like to be subjected to the horse girls growing up. Yeah, no, horse girls are a lot. But I feel like, honestly, if maybe uh, Caitlin had not met Rachel, she would have just been that girl that does like the horse running jumps on TikTok. Oh, yeah. She would have been doing she would have galloped. 
Yeah, she would have galloped. Um, okay, so then on the bus, Caitlin reads Rachel some of her creative writing. And then we're going to hear Rachel's mom pick her up at the bus stop. We, this is a little quick scene that's a banger and then a longer scene that is also a banger. 1039 to 1233. Head to your neighborhood record store or bathroom and look through the bins until you find something that tickles your vajayjay. <laughs> That's like totally cool. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Mrs. Peters. Just Jackie's fine. Bye, Rachel. See you Bye. tomorrow. Bye, Kaylin. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. <laughs> you should have an early dinner with me and Dad. It'd be Rachel. fun. Rachel. No. And Rachel, it would be fun. Wait, and Rachel, I, I can't. I think Dad would like it. I have to work tonight. I don't know that that's a good idea anyway. Oh. Come on, you're not upset. I don't get upset, baby. Hey, Dad said that you're signing up for soccer or something like that. I mean, that and vocal ensemble, that sounds pretty rad. Okay, look, please don't do this, all right? Look, it's hard enough being away from you with my work schedule. I, I cannot deal with this right now. Please, come on, let's just, let's just have a nice time just us ladies, okay? Okay. Oh, hey! Guess who got asked to model in a fashion show? You? <laughs> yep. And guess who gets to watch her kick-ass mom model some super funky dresses? That's me? Just my best girl. <laughs> I love you, Rachie Bell. Okay. All right. So uh, the only thing that I wrote about Rachel's mom is that I... <laughs> I only referred to her for like three notes as Rachel's whore mom because that is how they roll her <laughs> I know. Well, like... <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what kind of plant has modeling shows uh, for like, let's be real. She looks a little bit like Heather McDonald if Heather McDonald didn't come from money like she. Yeah. Uh, and that's and and by the way, like, obviously, this I don't think that's what this actress looks like. I think that's how they styled her like they definitely yeah. her purse is suggesting a lifestyle. It's sort of like a, I don't know, like it's like a macrame sort of crossbody that looks like it was supposed to look expensive, but didn't. I mean, she drives a PT Cruiser, which is also an odd vehicle <laughs> choice for her. Like, it feels like it came to her in a compromised situation. Like, I don't know. So, um, you know, uh her mom smokes. She picks her up from the bus, bus stop smoking. I don't I don't know what they were trying to do with this. I don't know if they were like Rachel's so delusional. She believes her mom works at a plant, but it was literally just like they were like, we rolled Rachel's whore mom in <laughs> like on a fucking float. Here she is. So and uh, she's just being the worst. Uh, yeah, for sure. So Caitlin's trying to reason with her imaginary best friend, Sophie, that night about not playing too roughly with the dragons or Kitty. 
And her mom, Danny, comes in to tell her that Emily's on the phone and the focus gets all wonky. You can hear like a high pitched bell sort of. It's basically their way of saying that she's starting to develop signs of schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. So she picks up the phone and she goes, meow, Emily, which is very cute. But we also know it's, you know, not great. Very cringe Tumblr culture. So very cringe Tumblr culture, but they're 12. But props to the writers for like getting because this was in 2018, like props to them for getting the right tone for the right time. Yeah, for sure. They did nail it for 2014. That really they they, oh 2018. They really do struggle. The oh 2014 was the original case. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, So while she's on the phone, her mom finds her school notebook full of creative writing and brings it inside. Now, I think these are called like riffraffs. I think they are they're like Mad Libs. Yeah, they're, they're like, Mad Libs, which we love a Mad Lib. I love a Mad Lib. I'm like the weird person like, who loves Mad Lib. They call them so rad weird. Riffs. Rad riffs. That's what they're called. They're not called riffraffs. Rad riffs. Yeah. <laughs> riffraffs. Um, yeah, you're such a weird girl. Girl, you're like I'm a horse such girl. A you're weird like, girl. Nay. Like, yeah, for sure. I did see two horses today. Anyway, um, so Emily's dad is sort of like, a, you know, appearing to laze around on the couch and you get the sense that he's only doing what he's capable of because it seems like Danny is, you know, torn every way in the house. So he comes into the kitchen to give Danny a hug at the stove and he mentions he's just feeling a little fuzzy brained because of his happy pills and he's sorry he can't help out more. She says something, oh, I'll pick up your prescription tomorrow for work. So at that point, Caitlin's like, stop fucking talking in the same room as me. So she gets up to go have some privacy (laughs) with Emily. And uh, he tells Danny that Emily has some competition. Apparently, Caitlin met a new girl at school who lives in the apartment complex and they just hit it off. Danny's like, well, maybe they should have a sleepover. So she's like, but by the way, our daughter's filthy. And she shows him the. What are they called? Riffraffs? Rad riffs. Rad riffs. <laughs> I wrote it down because I thought it was funny. <laughs> I, I wrote it down, too, but it's just like way down in my notes. Like, I didn't yeah. I don't know how I'll ever find it again. I really don't. I guess <laughs> save from scrolling. I have no idea how I'll ever find that. But yeah, she's like, how does she even know these words? And he's like dying. You know, he's like, puberty is prime time for gross jokes. And Danny's like, she's only 11. She's almost a teen. Like, where did time go? And, um, you know, she's like, maybe I give her the talk. And Nathan's like, well, I'm glad I'm not the mom. That's your job. And one thing I like about Nathan is they really took the time to, like, make him so relatable, so Mm -hmm. funny. Like you could just tell he was like deeply funny and like a deep thinker, very sensitive, a good man. Yeah, he had a really, really comforting energy. Like I was like, that's a good fucking dad. Yeah, it felt like if John Goodman was like dealing with schizophrenia, but also just being Dan Connor. Yeah. Kind of. These things are true. Kind of. So, um, yeah, you know, he says basically like he's exhausted. There's been too much chatter today. She's very understanding of that. I don't know if they ever come out and say schizophrenia. I don't think they officially do at any point, but they definitely they get there. Right. Like they they get there with the, the way that she kind of trips out and all that stuff. So when Rachel's supposed to be getting ready for bed, she gets distracted, spots her iPad. 
these videos are saying that once suzerain comes to you, he's a part of your life. He'll kill your family if you don't run away with him. And Rachel's like eating it up. She has a full blown case of the midnight spooks like any kid after they watch a scary movie. And that is definitely the difference between Rachel and Caitlin. Right. Like Rachel's experiencing like I just saw a really scary movie and I'm afraid to go to the bathroom by myself type thing. Not like, yeah, Ra- Rachel thinks this is cool and like scary. Uh, and cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, she's passed out on the bus the next day because she's so sleep deprived. And Caitlin tells her that she wants her to meet Emily. So Rachel's going to meet the Emily. Uh, Emily, like, let me give you like a little bit of a uh, description of how their their seating works in this class. Right. So Emily is in the front row, dead center. Rachel's sitting where I like to sit, which was like second to last row, slightly to the right. Mm-hmm. And then we have our girl, Caitlin, like somewhere slightly in back of her, I think. Right. Um, I think was Caitlin sitting right behind Emily or like two, one or two behind Emily? Yeah. Like I would say they're like, the way that they're spaced out is like Emily front row, maybe like Rachel, like fourth row and Caitlin, like third road. Right. Like there, I I felt like almost their, their seating was like very telling of their characters. So, um, yeah, Emily's the first to raise her hand in class. And at lunch, Rachel really has a chance to know her. Then Caitlin and Rachel catch up on the bus, 1839 to 2025. Rachel, meet Emily. Emily, meet Rachel. I like your wings. They're real fairy wings. My mom got them for me. I have like five different kinds. That's cool. Good morning, class. Please take your seats. Now. Yesterday, we talked about the three parts of writing a paper. Who can tell me what those are? You. An intro, a body, and a closing. That's right. An intro, body, and a closing. And what goes in the intro? Show of hands. Um, once upon a time. And it's called fairy time. And my little sister is a presenter. And we wear our fairy wings and invite real fairies to come back and play with us in the fairy garden we build in the backyard. And did you know there's fairies for, like, everything? Unicorn fairies, cupcake fairies, forest fairies, garden fairies. Have you ever wondered how rainbows are made? Unicorn fairies! They shoot rainbows out of their palms. And have you ever seen a double rainbow? Those are super cool. Those are made from any unicorn twin. Well, actually, it doesn't have to be a unicorn twin. It can be any fairy twin. I like your earrings. Maybe fairies should have earrings. So, She's kind of immature, I think. A bit babyish. Emily's my best friend. Yeah, that's true. But only since second grade, even though I've known her since kindergarten. So I feel like I can see how this was like written on the page. How so? What do you, meaning what? 
Okay, so like sometimes in Lifetime movies, like it's a little bit difficult to imagine how what we just saw was written out at some point on a page. But with that, oh, I feel like, like literally I could, written on a page. Yeah, like I feel like I yeah. can read Emily's little like lunchtime monologue. And then we cut to Rachel and Rachel's doing the test, you know, that you do when you just met a friend of a friend and like their behavior was odd to you. Yeah, and, and you're kind of like just, putting dipping a toe in, like, so what do we? Um, a little so weird. you know she's weird, right? Like she's doing that thing, which is a lot <laughs> coming from Rachel, because yeah. like Rachel is one of those that like discriminates despite having no leg to stand on. Yeah, no, absolutely. They're dorks that live in Rachel's different me. ends of the spectrum, right? So. You know, Caitlin's like not really on board, but then Caitlin tries to downplay it by saying that they've only been best friends since second grade. And, you know, she's only, you know, she's been her only friend for a long time. So it's not like she had options before. And Rachel's like, so she likes fairies. And Caitlin doesn't take the bait once again here. She says, you know, oh, yeah, Emily likes fairies and cats and dogs and horses. And Rachel's like, oh, yeah, me too. Um, it's, it's a very, it's a well-captured moment. And I will say that the actress who plays Rachel, not my fave. I think she did a good job though. I thought the, oh, she did a great fucking job, but yeah, she's not my personal fave. The actress who played Caitlin, however, I think she actually has a bright future and I saw her sophie grace is her name i saw her on uh like ktla she plays christy in the babysitters club series oh okay like for her i would not be surprised if she i mean i'm not saying like a little jodie foster but i am saying i wouldn't be surprised that this girl like has a career if she like continues to grow a lot because she's really good yeah she crushed it she like did a very good job and I can totally like I by, by the way, that Babysitter's Club series, I cannot recommend it enough. Like as someone who grew up reading those books, like that's exactly the type of care that I would have hoped someone would have taken with my favorite series. So much better than the Disney Channel one we had growing up. So much better than the movie. Oh, that's so good to hear. I watched it all in a day. Just, you know, I got to make sure my girls are being taken care of. And it was of great. Course. Can't recommend it enough. So, um. Yeah, you know, Caitlin's looking out the window and everything is blurred and moving in slow motion. And Rachel looks out the window to see if she can see what Caitlin's seeing, but she's not really seeing anything much. And Caitlin's like, oh, sorry, I just spaced out. I'm fine. And then she turns to Sophie, the imaginary friend. She's like, did you see anything, Sophie? And Rachel like doesn't get it. She's like, see what? And Caitlin just completely changes the subject. And she's like, why do you look so tired, Rachel? And she's like, oh, I was up all night watching stories on Creepy Storypedia. So which I Wikipedia. love. Yeah, she's like, it's a website where monster. Oh, no, no, this is the best thing. This is the best tagline I've ever heard for a website. Creepy Storypedia, as she describes it. It's a website where monsters live. Ooh, that's a gr- it's a that's website good. where monsters live like that could be the tagline for most websites. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, the tagline for most frequently used social media websites. Absolutely. 100%. So she continues on. It's like monsters like the suzerain. You know, you can't get a better endorsement than that, you know, for me. So she yeah, explains no. that the suzerain is really tall. He has big eyes. He has a crown and big claws. 
and he can hear everything. And she's getting like really animated when she's talking about it. Like it, this is where I say like she really is the equal and opposite Emily, because this is also just so mortifying her behavior here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But like she's so fucking into it. It's like how I would have talked about like fan of the opera. Oh, she's selling like it. 12. She's selling it. So yeah. um, she says that, you know, uh, he's poised and perfect until he gets angry. And then he kills anyone and everyone near him. He'll strangle you. And she like sort of playfully strangles Caitlin, who like plays it off, but like also definitely does not like the physical touch, which is like keeping with her character. No. Like they've sort of like established yeah. she doesn't like physical touch. Um, Caitlin wants to see this shit, right? So she goes to uh, Rachel's to check out the iPad 2208 to 2327. Here it is. If you're sane or have a good life, don't watch this video. This is a suzerain. Suzerain, an internet meme that went viral. Befriending young children and inviting them to live in his palace in the forest. He's real. I just seen him. His palace is way back there, way deep in the forest. He was created on the internet and lives forever on the creepy story Pedia, a clearinghouse of bizarre, fan-created horror stories. He's got weird eyes and sharp teeth. They said that I was making it up, that it was in my imagination, but I could hear it in my head, whispering to me. He told me that if he came to me, my mom and dad would survive the visit. I knew I had to go to him. I can see him now. He's over there in the corner. I swear there's signs everywhere. Missing people, kids, adults. After the Suzerain marks you, you better watch out. Because he's coming for you and your entire family. That's a creepy way to end a video. I mean, I get it. I get it. Also, I really love the blonde kid at the end of the video. Who's like, like running. He's like, people are going missing. Like he was just super fun. He was like, he was in a completely different movie and I loved him. Well, so like this is part of it for me is that like they do show a variety of different types of videos that they have on this subject. So like they do a good job of the of creating the experience of like when you go on YouTube and you type in a subject and you can have a very well, like almost masterfully done video versus mm-hmm. someone just talking to their camera on their MacBook versus some kid who's shooting vlog style out in the woods, probably with his brother. Which is like Mm -hmm. what I think colors these worlds really well, right? Because like if you're getting into something online and you see that you can find out about the exact same thing and everyone's going to talk about it like it's real, like in all Mm -hmm. these different places, like that starts to make you feel like something might be valid. Like it's coming from different levels of production. It's coming from different types of talking heads. Like these people are in varying states some are hunting him some are warning you about their experience some are doing more like just get to know you know suzerain 
that's suzerain. suzerain top 10 suzerain facts but <laughs> yeah i mean so these two have been watching these videos for hours and it's dark outside right now you know and someone flicks off the hallway light and rachel and caitlin scream for their lives and it's just sean okay and he starts laughing when he sees them he's like oh you guys are so good and oh, oh. you're you're uh pixelating like your dialogue is pixelating you hear me now i can hear you now i don't know why that keeps happening it's bizarre i hope it's not my wire i hope pigeon didn't start to eat my microphone i'm gonna have to order a new one she ate my headphones again like they were i fell asleep with them in my like kangaroo pouch on my hoodie Mm -hmm. and i woke up with her like in my kangaroo pouch eating them she really fucking just wants to eat your headphone wires it's ruthless like i like i'm krista i bought my seventh and eighth pairs of headphones in the last month and a half i know like amazon tried to like ban you from ordering more headphones they were just like how could someone (laughs) need this many headphones what are you like sex trafficking like what is this this is like sending them some sort of flag or something so anyway listen um you know he he like leaves he's like oh, i'll see you guys later and then all of a sudden there's this random voice that says the suzerain is watching you and caitlin like freezes for a minute and then rachel starts laughing because she realizes like oh a new video just started auto playing and rachel laughs mm-hmm. and she is like oh do you think the suzerain was trying to send us some sort of message and caitlin's like yeah because he's always watching you no matter what you do where you go, he sees you. So in just one afternoon and like basically a burgeoning psychiatric state that she's about to enter, <laughs> she has now like, you know, I mean, she heard that little clip. And instead of thinking, oh, maybe a video is autoplaying the way that Rachel did, she, you know, personalizes that. It felt like it was a message yeah. for her. They did a good job with mental illness. Yeah, and that's, I mean, they did. They did a great job of portraying like how you might not be sure if you have a mental illness. Like she knew something was wrong, but she wasn't 100% sure like what specifically was wrong. Yeah. Which was really also, good. Like they rely on a lot of the same film techniques of like the sort of sound being warped and like, you know, the you know trick mirror sort of things that they do that that's they have they always do that in lifetime movies but um also the actresses had some really great direction here because caitlin plays it perfectly like Mm -hmm. she pauses at all the right moments like as if she you know is playing it off all of a sudden that she just heard something Oh my god, this cat is sleeping next to me. Blue is so fucking cute. I can't handle it. I'm in love with this cat. I don't know what to say. I'm just in love with him. His old little face. He's just so cute. So, okay. Um, Yeah, the girls are at a water park, right? We're at some sort of like field trip, water park sort of situation. This is Wisconsin, right? So it's indoor. Yeah, and they're fucking whipping it down like the sickest water slides. Uh, except that one person is not. So this is classic, you know, three people become friends dynamic, right? Where mm-hmm. 
Rachel is in and Emily does not fit in anymore. Like you can tell Caitlin and Emily were probably perfect friends. And then Rachel comes along and Rachel's a little too dark for Emily. Yeah. Let's face it. It's not that Emily's too light for Rachel. It's that Rachel's a little too dark for Emily. Yeah. Rachel's a little too dark for everybody. <laughs> sure. And so, yeah, like the, the two of them go down the water side together. Cause you know, you go in twos and then Emily is just by herself and she kind of looks at the water slide and thinks, oh, it might be a little bit too intense for me. So she goes down to the pool and she's just like chilling. And finally, she gets sick of watching everyone else and she hops onto this pink pool noodle, starts swimming out to the deep end. But then some kid nabs her noodle and she can't keep her head above water. And so a lifeguard finally was terrifying to save her. Um, and everyone's just like watching on like I don't know do you remember like if anyone ever like puked in school and like the way that everyone watched as they like did the walk of shame out I do I do remember that yes like that's very much what it felt it was like. the worst like, you never wanted to be the person on the ski trip that was having an emergency like on the field trip say so, god god forbid you needed an EpiPen what a bitch <laughs> Yeah, no, you were not having a good time, for sure. What a hell time of your life. It is just the worst. Like, watching watching her walk, watching Emily walk down the stairs, when she realized, like, oh, maybe this is a little bit much. I was like, I was that fucking kid. And I was like, I just want to hold you her. Probably like, the entire scene. Oh, my God, you were, weren't you? That was like, I, I'm thinking. I was. I'm not going to hurl myself down that water slide for no reason. That was me. I was like, I'm going to hit my head somewhere and I'm going to die. And this is going to be bad. At, like, fucking six or however old they were. Eleven. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how old anyone is. Feral at a place like that. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you want to throw my body? Like, let's do that. Like, I want, are you kidding me? (laughs) Sign me up. By the way, what kind of hell middle school says, hey, everyone, bring your swimsuits? Rob, can you imagine being in sixth grade in front of your male classmates in a bathing suit? I would have killed myself. Oh, my God. And like potentially having to navigate like periods because you're like 12 and 13 and like not knowing how to deal with like having a period and going in the water. It's like the worst time of your age. Truly, I think that was the worst time. Yeah, you know, a lot of girls are coming home from that field trip. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I'm just and it's so sad. You just want to give them all little hugs and be like, it's going to get better. But you can't. That is a thing. Like when you first get your period. You know, probably rocking a pad at first. Then mm-hmm. summer rolls around. We're talking, are you a swimmer? Do you like to get in the osh? You know, and then what do you do? You can't wear a pad. So you go through a whole transitional period of figuring out, oh, God, I got to do one of these tampon things. What's that going to look like for me? Oh, my God. I remember like I vividly remember the first time I was like going to do the tampon thing and i like took out thank god i like took out the instructional thing but i still did it wrong uh and i just like didn't put it in far enough and then walked around the whole day like what the fuck is going on and it's like not working well like uh, of so course it, it, it takes a while yeah like of course you read the instructions right but like 
they're first of all, they're not the most detailed instructions. They're a little bit like, duh, you figure it out, bitch. But two, like when it said like, oh, you got to like squat to put these in. Like I was like, you know, like the way I am with like cooking where I'm like, oh, you don't really need to squat that. Cr-. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just was yeah. like, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. It was so difficult. Um, yeah. Very upsetting. A uh, couple weeks at Girl Scout camp for me. But yeah, Caitlin's <laughs> pissed. Um, uh, oh, sorry. Never mind. Let me back up here caitlin and rachel play in the woods with caitlin's younger brother and danny watches on while she does the dishes and nathan's passed out on the couch and then danny can't help herself she gets into caitlin's backpack and of course caitlin's pissed when danny confronts her about the very racy riffraffs she had done um <laughs> some of it went over her head <laughs> She had to look up the word JJ and JJ got me so good. Right. But like, how does this woman not know JJ? Like, how I does don't she know. Not she know? seems like she doesn't pay attention to a lot of things. Like, she seems like she's very fucking focused on her shit. I uh, guess that's and true. She needs a fucking break. She needs a nap. You know who does know what a JJ is? Who? Jackie, Rachel's mom. She sure does. One hundo. So one hundo. Um, you know, Danny's doing the whole like, honey, it's important for you to be able to express yourself, but type monologue. We hear like this eerie whispering, intense music. And Caitlin is very fixated on her bedroom window. And just like, again, the trick mirror effect that's like happening where her curtains are blowing. But it's like, you know, they're super long and wavy. She's not seeing what's happening, basically. And she's definitely not hearing a word of what her mom is saying. So when she snaps out of it, she's just like, yeah, I agree. Genius. (laughs) She doesn't even know what she just agreed to. I love it. And then her mom's like, well, do you have any questions? And she's like, absolutely not. Um, But can I go to Rachel's? And her mom's like, yeah, that's another thing. What's with Rachel? Like, Emily used to be your best friend. And Caitlin's like, yeah, she's just kind of hard to play with, which like I was thinking is like such like there's such a window in your life where you would say that. Yeah. And it's not long. No, it's like a two, three window gap where like, you know. It's just like it's I on pen 15. I think they did it well when like one wanted to play with her Sylvanian dolls and the other one didn't or like. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just like one friend still a little bit into Barbies, but like you didn't go wide with that. You kept that shit on your own. So she's like, you can go, go to Rachel's, but come back by dinner. So Caitlin is really starting to trip when she's alone. And when, by the way, when I said I don't know how to describe these sort of episodes, that's what I mean. Like, I'm going to say stuff like she's starting to trip. Okay, but like what I mean yeah. by that is that, you know, she's hearing like whispers and she turns to Sophie and she says basically like, you know, stop making me stop making me look. And then all of a sudden she jumps and she's like suzerain apparently scared her. Right. She's captivated by this window like once more. Like there's a lot going on. Right. So Nathan's yeah, waking up from his couch nap when Danny comes in to tell him that the talk did not go well. And Caitlin's main concern was the infringement on her privacy, which like, duh. Mm-hmm. What is she going to be concerned that she wrote the JJ in her own Mad Libs book? Like, of course, <laughs> it's going to be like, mom, stay out of my shit. Like, let me save a JJ privately with my friends in a activity book. Truly. And of, of all things, the JJ, not something to worry about. 
Also, like activity book, like you have a good kid. Your kid is sitting there with a fucking activity book and writing yeah. semi dirty words with her friend. You know, think thank your stars. Right. Yeah. If, if they're doing a mad lib, she's like, are you taking your meds, by the way? And he's like, yeah, that's why I'm like this in the first place. Like, there's no need for you to worry because um, he is sacked mm-hmm. out. And like, I would think she would know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like it's probably a while. No, absolutely. Yeah, like your husband's sleeping 15 hours a day. Like, yeah, his meds are probably kicking in. So she said that, you know, she's worried. What about the kids? And we see that Caitlin is perched on the stairs, listening in on all of this. And Nathan reminds her that they talk to the doctor. They won't know if their kids have it for a while. They're too little to display the traits now. So what's the point in worrying? So that's obviously, you know what, right? So Caitlin skipping down a wooded path on her way to Rachel's and she's telling Sophie that she doesn't know what it is, but dad says they're too young to have it. So she and Sophie get into a little bit of a a fight where Sophie's tickling her. Caitlin has an out-of-body experience with a dandelion. Uh, She twirls in the trees and Rachel and her mom get back to the Pinewood townhomes giggling when Deshaun answers the door and Jackie goes off on a, yeah, I know we're running late, but she got out of practice a little late and then we got a snack and Deshaun's like, Rachel, just go play in your room for a minute. Um, I'm going to talk to your mom. Rachel's like, oh, my, my friend Caitlin's outside. Can I go outside? And he's like, yeah, go outside. So he's like, you know, kind of doing this like he's definitely a little bashful being a little coy but also he's being firm and he's like well you know you could have called and you know Mm -hmm. you get to be a free spirit and do what you want and in exchange for that you know just be on time like consider it just be on time and you know there's rules in this house for a reason structure is important for rachel and jackie's doing that "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." and she's like this is not how i want things okay i work at a job that i hate while you're raising my kid and living in an apartment that i pay for but can't even live in and he's like well this was your decision and she yells it happened once so like i'm thinking she's a stripper yeah no i feel like that is the general vibe that they're going for i don't know why the entire first two times that i saw it i wasn't like stripper but like now i'm very much like oh yeah strip like obviously no i just don't think i was thinking very much about her no this is something you talk through with a friend for sure like i don't think this was supposed to be obvious i think they were very much and by the way like i don't mean that in a derogatory way i mean this woman yeah, no. is, you know, obviously not actually fashion modeling. Um, the way that, like, she talks about how she can, she doesn't have her kid, but she pays yeah, for the apartment, but also she's probably paying for her own apartment, but she can't live there. And apparently something happened once. And I'm feeling like they're trying to set it up like she's a stripper and things went too far with a client one time or something. I suppose I I got the vibe that she had cheated on him. Right. That's what I mean. Like cheated with like, yeah. some guy from the club. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, I, I did not have the guy from the club in my mind. I didn't have the club. So I was just like, oh, yeah, she just cheated on the, the guy. But yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I think things got romantic in the champagne room. Not just sexual. But things got a little, uh, a little romantic. A little romantical. 
Yeah. yeah. So he tries to comfort her and be like, you know, you can always come back. And she's like, oh, I'm not living under your thumb anymore. It's been six months. OK, how is Rachel going to move on if you don't? Rachel's and he's like, well, Rachel's doing a lot better than she did last year. She was miserable all the time. She does ask if this is her fault. And I have to look at her and say that it was her stepdad and her mom that messed stuff up. And Jackie's like, I didn't come here to fight with you. I'm leaving. And he's like, well, no, let's just talk. And she's like, no, I'm out. So Caitlin and Rachel are on the swings and Caitlin's saying, you know, how embarrassing it was for her mom to find her rad riffs. She read one (laughs) of the words out loud and she's like, you know, Rachel, have you ever? And she trails off and stares into space. And Rachel's like, you do that a lot. Not say stuff. And Caitlin's like, well, do you ever see things that are there for you to see, but not for other people like the Easter Bunny or Santa? And Rachel shrugs, but like she definitely like wants to match Caitlin's energy. So she throws out that sometimes when she watches the suzerain videos, she can feel him watching her. You know, she thinks she sees things. She thinks he's real and he watches her for real. Mm-hmm. And Caitlin's kind of like, I would like to believe you. And she definitely is going to believe her because she like wants to believe her. But she kind of knows it's not the same. Yeah. She can they they do telegraph it really well that she's like, I'm I'm pretty sure this is not. Yeah, this actress is great. Like this little girl, like she's going to be doing shit. Like, I really do feel that way about her career. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, Caitlin's obviously holding back. So she keeps prying. And eventually Caitlin says, "Okay, I've seen him in real life. The suzerain Rachel Mm -hmm. starts freaking out like this is the day she's been waiting for. (laughs) Rachel running like around she just starts running in a circle around like the side of the playground thing, (laughs) like furiously which is an interesting choice but I respect it the worst like the thing I'll always remember about this case was like how like I think it was Anissa was like so unathletic that like she when she got picked up by the cops, she asked, how far did we walk? Yep. And the cop I was like five miles. And she was like, wow. She's like, that's like a lot of walking for me. Like she was really like impressed by that. And I think that that was like another la- like layer they were trying to play with the Anissa slash slash Rachel character where it's mm-hmm. like, she's an indoor kid. Oh, she's an indoor cat for sure. Raised by Slenderman. Yeah, she totally is an indoor (laughs) cat. So, um, you know, Rachel's like, I knew it. I knew it. And and Caitlin's like, yeah, but he's also not the only thing I see. So the Midnight Society has officially gathered. Okay, the two of them are going to sit down and Rachel's loving this. Rachel's just eating this up. Like, obviously, like a child who's unaware that her friend is schizophrenic. Um, Yeah. She's an Rachel thinks it's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, that is that's the one thing I had in my notes about this is she's just explaining her schizophrenia to Rachel and Rachel thinks it's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rachel feels like she just got like a fucking five hundred dollar hot topic gift card, dude. She's like, are oh, you hell kidding yeah. me? Like, I have a friend who sees shit because <laughs> Rachel has that that thing, I would say, that's like her attitude towards all of this is like, I can't believe he picked me like it seems like a girl that's been laying in wait to be a celebrity her entire life. Yeah, no. Or someone who was always like convinced, but like without 
a lot of foundation that like she was going to be something fucking big. Right. And then it never really happened. No, that's like honestly how I would describe myself, except like I feel like (laughs) Rachel would not have like gotten off the ground. I don't feel like Rachel would have even started a Tumblr under her own name. No, I don't think Rachel's the uh, I don't think she's a go getter type. I don't think she would host a lifetime original movie podcast for five years. Probably not. It's it's, by the way, that is honestly. Lock me up. (laughs) It would never chill with these girls. Okay, so, um, yeah, they're hanging out. Let's do the download here. Caitlin's going to tell us all 3609 to 3808. I see Sophie most of the time. The, The baby dragons. But especially Sophie. And you talk to them, and they talk back? Sometimes I can hear things that I can't see. Like voices talking to me. Weird sounds. Sometimes colors get all funny. And people's faces, they they get all weird even when I'm talking to them. Whoa! That's so cool. What'd your parents say? I told them, but they didn't believe me. No one does. Caitlin. Caitlin, I believe you. I think there might be something wrong with my brain. No, no, Caitlin. The suzerain's real. I feel too. Maybe if we prove he's real, then he'll think we're cool or his friends. Or he'll just leave us alone. He'll never leave me alone. He'll never leave either of us alone. One night, he's gonna come into our houses. The claws are gonna pop out of his hands. And he's gonna cut us to death. And then, and then, He's going to kill our families, too. He's going to kill your mom and your dad and your brother all in, like, four seconds. You can't let him do that. I can't believe he chose us, Caitlin. Out of everyone in the whole world. Why us? What makes us so special? This episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. I've been subscribed to Book of the Month for three months now, and I'm obsessed. If you're a big reader or maybe even a lapsed big reader who's been wanting to get back into it regularly, consider checking it out. Book of the Month, they read like hundreds of books every month from new and emerging authors, and they whittled on the list to just the very best. They provide you a diverse little selection of hardcover fiction to pick from, which is an element of it that I really love. I can find going into the bookstore to be super overwhelming. And when I know I have about a dozen really solid options to choose from, it makes the decision way easier. Plus, it's cheaper than other options. Shipping is always free. And there's a loyalty program with rewards and even lower prices if you choose to stick around. There's an app where you can pick your upcoming books and track the progress of your reading, and there are challenges on there with rewards. Your book arrives in a super aesthetically pleasing box, by the way. That's the kind of touch that I always really appreciate. Personally, I read at my own pace. Sometimes I can only get to one of my two books a month, and I keep the ones I haven't read yet on my windowsill 
right next to my bed so I can just see them all there. It inspires me to pick one up and read. It's nice to have options in front of you. If you're interested in trying it out, you can get your first book for $5 with code pastel at bookofthemonth.com. That's code pastel at bookofthemonth.com. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. There is literally nothing I value more than the sweet, sweet moments of the day when I'm unconscious. I love sleeping. I have loved sleeping my whole life. One thing I have never been able to do, though, is get back to sleep after I've been woken up early. And I don't know what it is about my Helix mattress, but ever since it's been in my life, I can actually wake up after, like, an earthquake or feeding my cats at some absurd hour in the morning and pass back out. Well, actually, I might know what it is about my Helix mattress that, you know, is so special. And that's because it was built for me and what I need in a bed. When you buy your Helix mattress, you take a quick two-minute quiz where you list your preferences. For me, I wanted a hard mattress. I noted that I have back and neck pain and that I wanted a mattress that would keep cool during the sweaty California nights. Helix takes all of that into account. You can even let them know if you want a mattress that accommodates plus-size needs or whatever it is your partner needs for their night's sleep. Helix matched me with the Midnight Lux model, and I am in love. Not only am I getting in those extra hours when I need them, but my back pain has decreased a lot, which is incredible. Once I ordered, the mattress was shipped straight to my door for free. The mattress comes with a 10-year warranty, and even better, you can try it out for 100 nights free. If for some reason your mattress isn't working out, they'll come and pick it up and give you a refund. Unlike a lot of bed-in-a-box companies, Helix mattresses, they come to life with the look and feel of a traditional mattress versus like the foam cube that I think a lot of us imagine when we think about beds in a box. In fact, Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash mother may I take their two minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best night's sleep of your life. And Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at Helix Sleep, H-E-L-I-X-S-L-E-E-P dot com, helixsleep.com slash mother may I, M-O-T-H-E-R-M-A-Y-I, helixsleep.com slash mother may I. 
Oh, Rachel, I have something to tell you, girl. You are not that <laughs> special, baby. I'm so sorry, honey. I'm so wow. sorry. If you guys um, hear a motor type sound happening, it's the real uh, Suzerman or whatever the fuck his name is called. <laughs> the real Suzerman is sitting on me right now. Blue is coming, uh, you know. I think he was breastfed by a previous owner. He always likes to like lay up on my boob. Like, I don't know. I've floated that theory before. No, there's not. Honestly, like, they're just like boobs are just really warm and cats love warm shit. But yeah, so this fruit salad we have happening over here is not great. Okay. We have a little bit of, you know, neither of them are like socially acclimated in the best way. They both have chaotic home lives. We have one serious mental illness. We have what seems to be possibly a combo platter of some complexes and also depression. No idea. Um, And their kids playing alone. It's like, you know, thank God they don't have their licenses based on the way things go. So Caitlin walks home and it's a scary walk home for her. Like all the normal regular nighttime stuff is happening. Someone's emptying out the dumpster. There's like a worker nearby, someone in their driveway, a neighbor knocks on the window to say hello. But this is really, really intense for her. She definitely feels actively haunted. And, you know, she and Sophie run home together. So um, when she gets home, she bolts in the door and Nathan's like, Hey, do you have a good time? And she just like runs up the stairs. She's panting. She can barely even get in her room, slams the door behind her. And her mom comes Mm -hmm. up to check on her, but she's doing this like sort of like, I don't know, a mantra. And she's saying using the powers of dragging, sorry, using the powers of dragons, (laughs) no crying. And then she whimpers to her mom. I'm fine. No one was chasing me, mommy. And she's like, what's for dinner? Changes it up. you know don't say suspicious and she's like oh you know we're having a round thing with pepperoni on it and caitlin does the regular teen thing and she's like it's a pizza mom you know you know what it's called (laughs) but like the angela kinsey thing this is the thing with the pizza thing like she does a bit you know what i mean where yeah it was weird but like in a good way, like she, she seemed yeah. like a good humored person. And, and I feel like a lot of times in Lifetime movies, like because, you know, she's just a mom. She doesn't know that her daughter is experiencing these symptoms. And that is true. So she's like, you know, just trying to be like lighthearted mom, you know, LOL. And she's, <laughs> yeah. doing, you know, it just it's, it's nice because I feel like a lot of times with Lifetime movies, those little bits fall really flat for me. And she. She did deliver it well. She delivered in this movie. It's a little almost yeah. bizarre, though, because especially later on in like the parent-teacher conference, which was a scene I definitely pulled. Um, her yeah, a lot, partner, a lot happens. Yeah, she doesn't match the same energy as her acting partner. So, um, thunder and rain time. We always know how that goes. Uh, Nathan's organizing his pills at the kitchen table when Caitlin comes in to get some water before bed. She watches him carefully as he divides up his pills and tells him good night. And Caitlin thinks she hears suzerain from her bed. She gets up and she turns up on her light. She tells Sophie that they need some sort of protection. So she gets out of bed. They film this very cinematically. Um, mm-hmm. She heads quietly to the kitchen. She finds a mallet, like a 
what do you call it? Like a meat for like pounder? pounding meat. Yeah. Like, yeah, a, yeah it's a mallet. The mallet, uh, a meat. I have a, I have a different word for it later on my notes. Cause I remember the name meat, a meat tenderizer. Tenderizer. Uh, that's not it, but I'll, I'll find it later. <laughs> okay. I was probably wrong. So, um, yeah, she puts this fucking mallet in her drawer. And so the kids are working on clay sculptures in class. And Caitlin is creating this gnarly looking thing. Uh, Incredibly haunting. Incredibly haunting. Very scary. And also super advanced, I would say. Because she shows. I started laughing like out loud because it was like it looked like fucking Medusa. Like it looks like the kind of thing you would see on the front of a ship. Right. Like all of her other classmates are making like a little jewelry box or something. And she's over there like fully having a fine arts moment. So <laughs> Emily's like, what is that? And Caitlin's like, um, it's suzerain. And she, Emily's like, that's not real. And Caitlin's like, actually, yeah, it is real. <laughs> and he wants us to come live with him in a dark forest. And even little baby Emily is like, come on. Okay. She's the girl. She's not buying the cute thing. She's the no. one of the family who's like, come on, mom. Like, they're not putting a chip in you. <laughs> but she's, she is. I love she's Emily. She's to the party. So Rachel's all alone at the lunch table. And she's got all of her notebook doodles out. And, like, she basically is sticking out, like, a sore thumb. And these, like, probably eighth graders who are there happening to be on the same lunch break as her, kind of, like, leering at her. But when she notices, she's not picking up on the the cues you know she's not realizing these are people that are absolutely not interested in me um Mm -hmm. and so she gives a little presentation then after that we're going to hear emily and caitlin join them but caitlin's lunch gets dumped by a bully 45 16 to 46 25 this is a suzerain he's kind of a friend of mine he's pretty cool huh he's just an internet urban legend no way just because you haven't seen him doesn't mean he doesn't exist. Yeah, and I guess you probably have seen him. My friend Caitlin and I have totally seen him, so I know what I'm talking about. You're so weird. <laughs> Move over, please. Oh, sure. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. Leave my friend alone. Oh, yeah. You better watch out. I'll send the suzerain after you. All right, you guys, the worst of the worst uh, happened. The worst thing that could happen (laughs) happened. Uh, The entire second half of this episode, when Rachel pushed that bully, I mean, she pushed us. That might have been like an included feature where they're like, oh, you're not going to record anything else tonight, bitch. (laughs) The Slytherin. Yeah, she fucking power tripped her way. Yeah, no, the Slytherin, I think. the Slytherin is the one who fucked shit up, probably. But one thing that I really loved about this scene, we'll kind of get back into it. And guys, you know, 
sadly, there was a lot of magic captured last night that we're not going to get back. Um, But yeah, we'll definitely like touch on some of the same stuff, but I'm not going to lie to you. You're missing out on some great organic conversations we had. And Chris is the best. So I know we're going to be able to do this. We're also doing this at a totally, well, it's only an hour earlier, but it feels like a totally different day for me right now. Yeah. Well, it is a different day. Technically. I mean, like if we sound like different people, it's because it's another day we're recording this. Yeah. 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 Just the next one. Okay. So I I did love how like Walmart core this whole scene was. This felt so real to me, this scene. And then Rachel comes back to the table and Caitlin's doing that thing you do when you like put your hand on the side of your face and just like stare at your notes. Like you're not, she's blocking out her haters. And oh, yeah. was like, oh, you know, Caitlin, you're an easy target. But I told him I'd send Suzer in after him, so he won't do it again. And Rachel starts like fawning over Caitlin's doodles because like, you know, she's not getting anything back from her. And Rachel like is that friend she she needs. Rachel needs a lot. Exactly. And Emily's not having any of this. And she's like, stop (laughs) acting like the suzerain is real. Okay, you're scaring me. And Rachel's like, well, you don't have to be here. And like, God, she's the worst. It's yeah, it's a. It's mean. And like, you know, Caitlin is like having like, I don't know, possibly like some sort of dissociative moment. Right. So mm-hmm. she's not. Emily is like, I don't know. Emily is so generous. We we established a lot about how we felt about these characters last night. But yeah, no, definitely riding hard for Emily. Super so, hard. She's adorable. Once Emily leaves, Rachel makes this comment about what a baby she is and how she probably cried. and that point like Caitlin like snaps out of it and turns to Rachel she's ready to completely unload she spent all night reading about him and he's watching them everywhere all the time they're not safe anywhere and Rachel thinks that girls like Emily just don't get it so like again they're coming from totally different places Caitlin is genuinely concerned that this is affecting her life but then for Rachel this is a little bit more of a game and you know tracking what they did with this Rachel character, just sort of the subtleties of how this character was really not in it for the same reasons as Caitlin. Just absolutely not. Yeah. And it's like, you know, this is like my fourth time watching this now and the subtleties are hitting me more and more like grow to appreciate it more. So Caitlin opens up her bag to show Emily the meat cleaver she took And that's when the teacher comes up and she spots it right away and takes it from them. And last night we were like doing this bit about how I feel like this teacher looks like she would be like a TikTok teacher. (laughs) That would be like, oh, like, you know, one of those teachers that comes on and does like like learning lessons about like, here's how we get through the day. So she'd be like one of my, you know, more more attention needing students today you don't even know what i went through i found a meat pounding device in her bag (laughs) you know guys if you have a child in your classroom it might be time to call in their parents have a conversation with them you know because everyone deserves love and then like it would have like 1.1 million likes and like all these kids like confessing in the absolutely 
one time I brought a switchblade to school and it was my teacher that talked to me and like I felt a lot better. Like, you know, people like confess in the yeah. comments. I'm like, why are you confessing to a crime? That's Why? their confessional Dude, just people, in the TikTok comments. People fully confess to crimes all the time in TikTok comments. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, she we we cut to basically Caitlin's mom, Danny, outside the school, pulling up in her like kind of like, you know, a beater sedan. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a lot of kids first cars in high school. Um Danny's absolutely making it work, you know, and she very much like has a comedy moment where she's like trying to like find her purse <laughs> in the car. And like she pulls up right on the yellow line like she's ready to go. She's like doesn't even she just she doesn't have time to do this. She gets into the class. She doesn't give a shit. She's ready to fucking go. Yeah, she gets into the classroom and we open up on the meat cleaver. No, not the cleaver. What is it? A tenderizer. <laughs> it's a mallet. A mallet. Yeah. And that's something the way, along that's, those lines. I went a with mallet. the original word mallet was the first word I had in my notes when I was writing. So obviously <laughs> mallet's the right word. And this is just an like you guys are watching self-doubt play out. It's called a fucking mallet. She puts the mallet down on uh, the desk <laughs> in front of Caitlin's mom. And here's that scene. Forty eight oh nine to fifty forty eight. The principal and I thought with Caitlin getting a week suspension that maybe you and I should have a little talk about some of the other stuff I've noticed in class. There's the odd drawings, the imaginary friends, the pretending to be an animal. And she's also having trouble connecting to other students. Well, that's not true. Because she has friends. She has Emily, she has Rachel. She does, yes, and that's very important. But I'm talking about classroom participation. Honestly, the problem I'm having is that I feel like Caitlin's fantasy life competes with what we're doing here in the classroom. Well, we value vivid imaginations in our household. We encourage That's her. That's not what I'm saying. Look. Caitlin is an incredibly bright and very creative girl. But as an educator, when I see some of the stuff, like what I saw today... It makes me question the home environment. The home environment is fine. Maybe, maybe we should reschedule this meeting so that you and your husband can come in together. I think Caitlin said he's at home during the day. Maybe, maybe he might have some insight. No, no, that's, no, it's not a good idea. He, he can't, he, he has a medical condition. Oh. I, I didn't realize. I mean, it's, it's not bad. He just has this chemical thing in his brain, and well, it just it makes things hard on me because I, I work all the time, and then I'm taking care of the kids, and I'm taking care of the house, and I'm putting food on the table, and Nathan, he does. He does the best that he can. But it's, it's just, it's a lot, you know? It's a lot. And, and sometimes I feel like I can't find my way out of any of it. 
Um, I should go. Uh, I need to get Caitlin home. So again, Caitlin is on the sidelines listening to this conversation and she starts to go into a little bit of like an episode, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. But okay, that scene is so interesting because I think now on my fourth rewatching, initially I was like, oh, Angela Kinsey killed it. And that other actress who was playing the teacher was not up to her level. But Mm -hmm. now on this most recent rewatch, I just feel like they were playing in different movies. And I almost feel like Angela Kinsey's performance was for the big screen. Like it looked a little, um, it looked a little broad. It was a lot. It was, it was like she was, she was doing like a theater performance, like on a TV show. Yeah. It was a little broad. And like, I almost feel like in a movie, if it was shot differently, that performance would work. But the teacher was, you know, the teacher was definitely like understated. Um, Yeah. Understated. She was pretty chill. She was uh, pretty even throughout the entire conversation, but like, just listening to that now like the pacing of of angela kinsey's like speech was weird see like that's the thing is like you can tell that that was a scene where like there was almost like an uncomfortable two seconds between each line of dialogue that was like an extra you know like more than your average beat it just felt a little like oof um but yeah, so I mean, again, like we talked about this last night. I'll bring that up again. And I'm going to stop saying we talked about this last night. Yeah. But, um, you know, this is like a very weird way that the teacher is going about it. Like this is a really like classist assumption that mm-hmm. like both parents can be at a meeting when clearly Danny is like, you know, barely hanging together she's parked in the yellow line right she's in the yellow right up there curb so you know the idea that like not only would both parents be able to come in and somehow this father would add like more levity to the situation than the mom could on her own which yeah i mean i guess two people does shade in a picture better than one but um it's like assuming that you'll be able to have child care that both of you have the time off like yeah because she did also add in like oh and like i i heard he's home during the day i was like "Mm, what are you saying what are you saying about that so like it felt shady right because yeah it did almost like she got tea from someone you know like who was at the elementary school who was like oh you know there's something going on at caitlin's house like it almost felt like tea Mm -hmm. it felt a little tea but caitlin is on a week suspension now so she and her dad are crafting in the living room And, you know, he seems to be in a good place. Like he's up with her and they're having this really cute scene. This is a great scene. And like where I realized that this actor is just phenomenal. The actor who plays Nathan. Oh, he's the best. He's the absolute best. What's his name? Drew? Uh, Yeah. Capricorn from Indiana. So like Capricorn from Indiana. uh, Shout out Nicole Matthew. Um, (laughs) Yeah, great, great actor, uh, character actor. He does such a great job in this. And then again, this actress, Sophie Grace, is 
so um, there's something like whimsical about her performance. It's like, I don't know. I think she really is going to be someone, but she does have to change the name. Yeah, the name is uh, just a touch corny. Well, also, it's like so young. Like, yeah. You know, you can do that with like, you know, like Sophia Grace, obviously, but like you can do that with like a young girl because you're like, okay, maybe you don't want pedophiles to know their last name or whatever. But like this is a you can't go wide. You can't be in in a babysitter's club, the series with the name Sophie Grace. No, you certainly cannot. Guys, email (laughs) me. I am going to work on the new name. I'll be brainstorming. Sophie is a great start. We just got to find something like, you know, jazzy for the surname. I know you didn't ask me, but I'm volunteering. (laughs) So she's like, you know what? Um, She's like, they're building this like castle, basically the Slytherin castle. And he's like, you know, they do this bit where she puts a piece of masking tape on his head and he's like, I'm never taking it off, never taking it off. And like, it's just kind of like you see that he's goofy. They have this creative, funny bond. And uh, after they're done building this castle, they're sitting on the couch, just like sort of spacing out, looking at it. And she says to him, I don't want to go back. And he's like, what? And then for a moment, he sees himself in her. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, is maybe starting to get this, you know, some early warning signs that she has something very specific in common with him. And he's like, oh, yeah. And she tells him it's better here with you. So it's precious. It's like the chicken soup for the soul moment. It is. But also like, oh, your young daughter is like exhibiting early signs of schizophrenia. This is going to go fucking terribly wrong. Oh, yeah. And it Uh, does. But I I mean, not to romanticize it, but like it does seem like, oh, that must be really interesting. Like, I can see why so many people like to hold on to certain aspects of mental illness. Mm -hmm. Like the escapism. Absolutely. That would be appealing to some people because the real world is honestly not great. Yeah. Uh, But that's but that's a scary experience too, from my understanding. So anyway, uh, Caitlin's family is out for dinner and everyone's kind of like doing their own thing at the table. Everyone's sort of like spaced out onto their own thing. I think the son has a tablet and Caitlin's drawing and Danny's like, so Caitlin, it's your birthday coming up. And, uh, you know, what do you want to do? And Caitlin's like, I don't know, like I'll be fine with roller skating or something. She's being very passive. And Danny's like, that's great. We can invite Emily. She's like trying to stress Emily again. She's trying to bring Emily back into the fold. Who wouldn't? And then I will say, I don't appreciate this from Nath. He leans (laughs) over and looks at Caitlin's doodles and is like you're really talented and they like have a a moment where he's just like completely distracting from like honestly Danny's just trying to talk to someone like they're all sitting in silence and Danny's just sitting there like okay well I don't have an iPad like I'm not I'm not getting adjusted to my medication I'm not doodling like can I maybe do a little business meeting with my daughter and just like check off some things on the list so I don't appreciate him distracting from that but she gives him this picture and he's like bragging about it a little bit he's being very cute about it so they get on that night and the phone is ringing and caitlin is eager to get it and this is like emily's like that bitch scene 
Like, oh, it's so good. She goes full fucking Regina George on it. Yeah, she's in cunt mode. And I mean that in the most like <laughs> drag race way possible. Like she literally. OK, she's in her room drinking a Capri Sun and her mom is behind her, like moving. It looks like her mom is like honestly packing up like some sort of spring wardrobe and like bringing in the winter wardrobe. Like, yeah, it's like a whole fucking Rubbermaid set of drawers. And I'm pretty sure they probably just redressed like the room that they used for Rachel's room, which is actually mm-hmm. really like proper in comparison to Caitlin's room, which like looks like it's full of like free shit from the fair. Um, <laughs> that's like all broken on her floor. Um, but yeah, like the room looks so lush. She looks so spoiled. Like you can see why Rachel would be threatened by her. They are on polar opposite sides of the nerd scale. True. Like in high school, Emily's going to be too pretty to be a nerd. She's going to be that like weird, like sort of Anne Hathaway character where she's like, yeah, you're too pretty to be like a traditional nerd in any way. You're going to have like somewhat elite nerd status that's going to leave you as like an outsider. She's going to be like a fairy nerd. She's going to be like the girl that wears like the fairy costumes. And then when she goes to college, she's going to start going to music festivals and it's just going to snowball from there. But like initially, definitely going to be too pretty. Yeah. And like absolutely have her shit together and like engaged by 24. Like she's like that bitch. Right. So. Um, you know, she's like, I just want to let you know that suzerain is not real. My mom said so. And if you're my friend, you won't talk about him all the time anymore. Caitlin's like bringing her castle that she made with her dad up to her room. And she's like, well, that's cool. I just hope he doesn't, you know, kill you in your sleep or anything. And Emily's like, stop, seriously. And Caitlin's like, yeah, anyway, my mom's taking us roller skating for my birthday. And she's like, that's cool. I got to go because Emily's mom in the back. (laughs) Time for bed. And I'm just like, it's so interesting because like, you know, Caitlin's house, they do not call bedtime. Like, I'm obsessed with the way that they captured like three families that are probably economically well off in the same way, mm-hmm. but their money shows up so differently in each family. Yep. Every single house you can like borderline smell it. Dude, like that's exactly, there. exactly what I was going to say. Like you can smell like, yes. Like I feel like um Rachel's house smells really clean because of like cleaning products, but is almost dank because there's like n- not like nothing in smells. it. Yeah. Like there's not. Yeah. And then um Caitlin's house. I feel like even though no one smokes cigarettes there, it feels like cigarettes a little bit. Um, yeah, this is like a like an East Coast thing, but like it smells like a Wawa. I feel like it smells like coffee and cigarettes a little bit like it. It smells like a Wawa for anyone who fucking if you know, you know, but like also Yankee Candle lit. But yes, there's like a there's an apple Yankee Candle, like an apple cinnamon yes. Yankee Candle lit. And it's working overtime. Hell yeah. And then uh, Emily's house uh, smells like fresh linen. Hell yeah. It smells good. It smells like money. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, uh, Danny says she doesn't know if Caitlin's ready to go back to school. She's talking to Nathan and Nathan's like, listen, we had a great week at home. She misses her friends. She's a great kid. You know, if there was something there, I would see it alluding to the never diagnosed situation that we're pretty sure (laughs) the brain, the vague brain chemical. (laughs) 
right situation. So she's like, you know, he's like, I know you're not around as much as you want to be, but you're an amazing mom. Maybe she should talk to the school therapist. And Danny agrees. She's just like, this has just been a huge wake up call for me. So Caitlin's drawing in her room and she's talking to herself and she goes, Emily doesn't mean it. She's just scared of you. I'm scared of you, too. So I guess she's talking to Suzerin. Yeah, I was just talking to Sluzerman. Sluzerman. So Rachel is watching the videos at her house. Like she's up watching. She's on a Sluzerin fest and she hears that <laughs> there's this new sort of like challenge, a task. And it's being delivered by a girl who's like hunched over her laptop, like looks like she's been fighting this loser in for four days. Like she's <laughs> looking rough and she's like basically pleading. And again, it feels very much like, you know, as an adult, you look at that and you're like, oh, the game master, like, <laughs> oh, like IVF, <laughs> like, like, what do you mean? So basically, you know, you can't tell anyone what you're doing. But then Rachel, you know, who's in this for the glory. Rachel wants to be a celebrity via Slenderman. Yeah, Rachel is like fucking in it to win it. Like in the weirdest fucking way where it's all about her. So Rachel and Caitlin are like chatting it up on the playground. And basically like, you know, Caitlin's like, oh, I saw a video last night where a boy he didn't believe and his parents died. And Rachel's like, yeah, well, I saw one about joining his dark kingdom kingdom. Basically, you prove yourself to him and then he becomes your feudal overlord, feudal overlord. I want to honestly, I kind of want to name like a like I kind of want to be like a pop duo that like doesn't show up my face like Sia and like it's just called feudal overlord. Well, you can sing so you could do that. Hell yeah. You'll never know it's me, except that it'll be called Feudal Overlord. Dude, but like you are the masked singer, like for real. Um, Just by the way, tiny, tiny diversion. Did you see Caitlyn Jenner on the masked singer? Yeah. um, Yeah, she was singing TikTok, right? Yeah, it was it was incredibly rough, but it was so fun. It was like a weird spoken word Kesha. It was great. Well, so like that's what's so great about the show is because ultimately it's just fucking bizarre. Like you just like can't help but laugh like, oh, Grandpa Monster is Logan is Logan Paul (laughs) is Elizabeth Smart. Like it's just off the wall. It's ridiculous. Um, But yeah, like basically, you know, he's going to become your feudal overlord and you Mm -hmm. do whatever he says. You're held captive and they're like, you know, we don't want our families to die or to die ourselves. So maybe it's not a bad idea. Plus, this is Rachel. Plus, it would shut up the bullies and everyone for real if they were his princesses. And it's like, <laughs> this is what Rachel's focus is because she's so lost, dude. She's so lost in the sauce where she's like, well, it's going to shut the bullies up. And it's like, well, no, Rachel, like we're beyond your yeah. bullies. Like you are a princess. Uh, that is owned by Slytherin. <laughs> like if you're in that situation, your middle school bullies are not really going to like play a role because you're going to be owned by the Slytherin. And in all fairness, you know, that is a very childlike concern. But yeah, I will say, though, like in regard to like the earlier scene where the teacher was like, you know, her fantasy life, like I don't feel like Caitlin is the problem is the one with a problematic fantasy life. Like it's absolutely Rachel. Rachel like should be like in a creative writing program. Yeah. Rachel needs to find an outlet. 
Yeah. And Caitlin should like be at some sort of like place where she can do like art therapy. Yeah. Like she needs to be like medicated. But also like painting and like fostering part of her, you know, like that's she has a genuine talent there. It seems like, you know, it's going to follow her through the end of this movie anyway. So, um, you know, this is why I stress, though, that Rachel is just kind of bullshit because she goes, (laughs) you know, a blood sacrifice would be good. Maybe we could kill a cat or a bird or something to protect ourselves and our families to prove to everyone that he's real. So they're doing it to prove that he's real. And Rachel is jumping full McDonald triad, like going right to killing a cat. She's like, yeah, let's just fucking kill a cat or something like that's like a normal thing to say. For those who don't know, uh, can you explain the McDonald triad? So the McDonald triad, I, I love that I just said that as if that's like fucking common knowledge. Um, the McDonald's triad is a trio of things that are commonly found in serial killers. So like, I believe it's bedwetting, uh, harming animals. And was it like a head injury as a child? I think head that's injury. the third one. Yeah. Yeah. Head injury. So yeah, but she's, dude. She, I feel like she absolutely is probably looping the McDonald's. She's doing fucking laps around the McDonald triad. Peeing the bed is slept on. <laughs> I mean, like, not like, no, I'm not saying more <laughs> people need to pee the bed. I'm saying that, like, I don't think we talk enough. And like, it is probably definitely to spare their feelings, but I don't think we yeah. talk enough about late in life bedwetters. Dude, I had a roommate that like would joke all the time about just pissing the bed when she was drunk she thought it was like funny and i was like that sounds bad man uh, <laughs> i don't i don't think that's cute i don't know if we're uh we're working with the same shit here yeah i mean yeah it's uh you know to each his well, own yeah you're not great um okay so um yeah caitlin is you know seeing stuff out the window on the bus ride home. And she notices that Rachel is really intently staring out the window herself. And she's like, you see it too, don't you? And Rachel like kind of like faux, like, you know, it's acting. She's like, yeah, uh, I do see (laughs) stuff. And Caitlin's like, you can see him, right? And Rachel's like, oh yeah, I can. He's so scary. And Caitlin's like, well, we need to do it and we need to sacrifice someone who doesn't believe in him. It might have to be Emily. And it's like cold. It's stone cold. That is stone cold. That's rough. Because like, you know, Caitlin, obviously she's on a mish, dude. She's on. A yeah. Mish. Well, she's trying to make sure that her fucking family isn't murdered. Like if you think about this in the stakes that she is actually working with. It's a very serious situation. Yeah, it's pretty fucking serious. And okay, wait. So then the two of them hold hands and we fade into a school recital. Before I play this clip, I want to talk about this. So like, I feel like this is a lifetime issue that we run into a lot where they allude to something going on that's intimate between the characters. And this obviously is about as innocent as it can get. But there's Mm -hmm. like a few things, you know, one that stood out to me that like I played the riffraff or whatever it was called, the (laughs) 
uh, <laughs> rad riff, dog. The rad riff. I, you know, I, I played that clip where she was saying, you know, go into the bathroom of your local record store, find something and find something in the trash can that tickles your vajayjay. And obviously, like the sentence structure is up to the rad riff, but it feels weird that the writers would choose to use that line that they hung yeah. anything yeah. on um, puberty or sexuality. Like when Danny had to give her the talk because she was writing these words in which her dad said, you know, this is puberty. This is prime time for like sort of potty talk and shit like that. And um, it just makes me think that like, I don't know what they're trying to imply, but it's not it's not necessary for a movie about children unless they want us to think it's necessary. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like Lifetime movies like for because they lack the time to plan certain things that are like not sup supposed to be so heavy handed. They come across very heavy handed like it. It feels very yeah. much like and that's one of those moments. Yeah. And it's like bizarre because you're like, oh, we're creating a sense of tension. Like, why? So um, we're going <laughs> to between these two children. Yeah, it's weird. So we're going to fade into a school recital and some time will pass as the girls dig deeper and deeper into the conspiracy of suzerain. So I think this is supposed to be like a time lapse of like a week, maybe um, 5840 to. Mm one hour and four seconds. Do you ever wonder why he chose us? Because we're special? No one else thinks we're special. Doesn't matter what they think. The suzerain knows we're special. It matters what Emily thinks, I guess. Or the suzerain wouldn't have chosen her. It's not what she thinks. It's because she doesn't believe. I used to be able to talk to Dee, but then he got really sad and busy too. I think it's because my mom doesn't love him anymore. The suzerain is always listening, not like my mom. Sometimes I think she loves her work more than her family. Even when she's home, she never really listens. She's always busy. I want to prove our loyalty to him. We have to prove it. The suzerain will kill your parents and your brother if we don't. He's saying we have to do it. We have to kill Emily. It's the only way to save everyone else we love. So we end on Caitlin ripping a drawing in her notebook. It's like of a looks like i don't know like a myspace era rendering of an emo hugging a blonde girl and she pulls it back to reveal a page that says the ritual happens now we can never go back and back uh is spelled b-x-c-k wild so caitlin and rachel are going through their plan they get to school and like this is the best part about being 11 years old. Okay. This is all they have to do that day. They just have to go through an entire day of school, you know, coordinate and meet up at a roller rink, probably around 5 PM. 
roller skate, go to the house where you're going to eat food, have a sleepover. And then they're going to set the alarm for (laughs) midnight so that they can wake up and kill their friend. Like, like you're living. That's like 10 days for me. Yeah, no, that's literally I would need 10 days to accomplish all of those tasks. Like for sure. Skipping off the school bus and be like, yeah, I'm going to commit murder at like midnight tonight. Like, (laughs) no way. Like 725 a.m. And you're like, yeah, like only. I don't know, like 17 hours until I commit murder. So um, Emily comes out of the school and gives Caitlin a huge hug. And she's like, happy birthday. We're going to have so much fun at your party tonight. And she like backs away to the school building and she does like the sprinkler like four times. And like, it's so earnest and cute. Like I so fell in love with her in that moment because the actress really sold this thing that could have been so dorky but like dorky and disgusting, but it was dorky and adorable in a way that like, you know, disappointing to look at her IMDb and see that she hasn't really worked since. Yeah. Hopefully she's just like having a fucking regular life. That's what I'm hoping for. She's a sweetheart. I feel like she's having a right. I feel like what I imagined Emily, the character's life to be like, that's probably what this actress is doing. She's adorable. She deserves it all. Yeah. So uh, Caitlin feels bad now. She doesn't want it to hurt too much. And Rachel's like, oh, no, it won't hurt. Once you put the pillow over her face, she'll go to sleep. And she's ar- once she's already asleep, she won't know she's dying. Which Ooh, like- Rachel. Ra- we- Rachel needs prison. Rachel's been calling out for prison since like the mi- at least mid film. But also like dumb, like what in the very logic is this? Like, (laughs) oh, no, once you just put the pillow over your face, you'll sleep. So like she's fine. Like, you know, Rachel, I guess, has the right spirit uh, if you want to put it that way. But like she has no idea what she's doing. She's a really dumb child. So, um, you know, she's like, I just want you to know no matter what happens, no one can take us away from each other. So sitting at the rink that night, you know, they're, you know, it's cute. Emily's definitely, it's a little bit like the water park all over again, but Emily takes a pit stop to get a hot dog and offers to get the girls hot dogs too. And Rachel's like, we're okay, Emily. I'll mean, and they skate off without her. And Rachel whispers to Caitlin, it's necessary. Rachel's like such a psych. Rachel's on like fucking level 10 at this point. She's like a level 25 psycho at this point. Just going for it. Also, like, I'm going to be honest. I don't believe that Rachel doesn't want a hot dog. And I don't believe. No, Rachel either. They both want. Who doesn't want a hot dog? I want a hot dog so bad. I want a hot dog for real. It was delightful. Great lunch. I'm glad you had that. What did you put on it? Just mustard because I'm I'm very boring. No, that was so good. No, uh, we're classic men. We just do some brown mustard on there. Yeah, I'm a classic man. I'll do. I did yellow today, but I will fuck with a brown mustard too. I like a spicy. I only fuck with spices. You know what I mean? So yeah, everyone is singing happy birthday. They're doing like a little sheet cake moment at the family table and like it's just very it feels very familiar like they're in the messy house with like the two friends over 
from like kind of like different walks of life and like the brothers mm-hmm. on the dad's lap and they're singing happy birthday with like the sheet cake Danny bought probably last minute. And Caitlin blows out her candles and Emily's like, what'd you wish for? And Caitlin looks at Rachel before she turns back and says, oh, you know, I can't tell you or it won't come true. And Emily just giggles because she's adorable. So the three of them are like Tetris style on the floor that night. <laughs> like Rachel and Emily are vertical or no, Rachel and Caitlin are vertical and Emily's like horizontal on top of their sleeping bags. You know what I mean? <laughs> they are Tetris style. Yeah, they're Tetris style, I would say. So, um, you know, they're all like doing their own things on their tablets, which feels like. I mean, I get together with some of my friends sometimes and we'll just like sit on our own individual phones for like two hours and then be yeah, like, that was like, really fun. Is that truly is that what the youth is doing? Because that makes me sad. That was not what I did as a child. Well, maybe if they were talking, they would find out because like I do think that like, you know, maybe Emily was sort of like a freak at camp or something. You know what I mean? I feel like they'd find <laughs> out like Emily's a little more elevated in ways they hadn't explored before, but they're not doing that. So they're all <laughs> clustered together on the floor and Emily accidentally like kicks Rachel because they're Tetris style. Mm-hmm. They're also like dumb kids. So they don't know like, oh, space out for bed. Yeah. So they're obviously. like, oh, we'll just like put my sleeping bag like right next to yours. So um, she quickly apologizes. But Rachel like absolutely decides to milk this moment and socks her in her side. And like hard. Was, yeah, she's she hard. went in. That was like aggression. I was like, Rachel's not well. And Emily definitely is like also only child vibes, too. Yeah. And there I would also say they're like different versions of the same only child in some ways or like true of the I don't know they're like polar opposites uh so (laughs) yeah uh Emily's like I said I'm sorry god like neither of them are totally socially finessed I guess is what I'm saying so Danny comes in to check on the girls and she strokes Caitlin's head because you know like the way you like climb over two sleeping 11 year olds to like stroke your daughter's hair in the moonlight and as, soon as, as one does. Yeah, yeah. As soon as she leaves, Rachel gets up and leans over to Caitlin to whisper. Midnight. So <laughs> it's two uh, forty one in the morning and Rachel's up and ready to go. She's got her glasses on. She like, you know, Caitlin starts to wake up and Rachel's like, why didn't you set the alarm? And she's like, oh, I forgot. Sorry. And they're like, maybe we could just like call it off forever. And Rachel's like, yeah, you know, I'm fine with that. Let's do that. So this is the thing that I couldn't get past. Like they cut to an insert shot of Rachel taking off her. You know, just like basic lens crafters, like this is the model that like lunch (laughs) ladies go to. These are like utilitarian metal glasses with like almost like the sides look like wood paneling like they look like they were bought for her at age eight to wear until she's 50. Um, mm-hmm. So she takes her glasses and she like carefully places them in like the center of a roll of blue painters tape that is resting on a sneaker. <laughs> and like 
I I think I understand what they were doing with that shot, which is like showing that Rachel is chaotic. <laughs> like she doesn't have like a she has a plan, but she doesn't have a real plan. Like she's overconfident. Like who's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take my one and only glasses that I need to see, and I'm gonna put them. I'm going to prop them up in the center of a roll of masking tape that is leaning against a shoe next to the window. I've never heard of something dumber to do. And the fact that they like (laughs) took the time to reset the camera to take that shot is crazy. Like that is bizarre. Like thinking about it now, I have no excuse. Like I I have no reason for her to have done that. I need to get the director on here and just to tell me why. (laughs) If you guys know the director of this movie, please. have them reach out. So it's a busy morning in Caitlin's messy house. The kids are running around and Danny and Nathan wake up. By the way, there's this thing. I forget that parents do this. Like all of the parents in this whole movie sleep with their doors open. So like uh, like both Rachel's house and Caitlin's house are totally full doors open all the time. Dad sleeps with door open. Parents sleep with door open, which I guess I forgot like is definitely a phase of your life where your parents sleep with their door open all the time. That was never a phase of my life. My parents always, I mean, they mostly had the door shut, but there was like a little tiny crack open. Right. I remember. Yeah. It just seems like, oh, okay. Like, I guess. Yeah. Like everyone's too fucking tired to like do anything worth fucking shutting the door for. So like, yeah, Fuck or it, like, I, guess. I don't know what, like, I don't know what if it's like, I, but like, they definitely took a, made a point to show that they were like an all doors open set of families. Yeah. So, you know, they're sort of like, you know, whispering about how Caitlin seems really happy. So some unsettling music plays while Caitlin has a moment alone in her room while she's getting ready for the day. And she can see herself sort of like projected back onto the wall. And it's an it's like an odd visual moment. So, like, Mm -hmm. I can only imagine how she felt like the way they captured it was actually like sort of a unique thing for Lifetime. It seems like they're really just suggesting that it's all elevating right now. So Rachel's fucking around in the basement with like a knight's costume on. And it's like the it's like the breastplate on a knight's costume. And I just she looks like she's fucking LARPing like she's about to go LARPing. Dude, this whole scene, like this, the costumes from like here on out are incredible. And I love the way that like each character very much is standing for something like we have Mm -hmm. Emily, the princess. We have Rachel, this like, you know, she's proud. She's a knight. She's there to like fight. She wants to like prove herself. And then we have Caitlin, this fucking whimsical dragon who is so much more dangerous than you could ever imagine. Like, it's just, yeah, it's a, I don't know. There's something iconic about the way the three of them have these costumes on. And I was saying to you last night, like, I think that it's a drag show. Like there has to be some (laughs) underground drag show where drag queens are acting out Rachel um, with her night suit on and Caitlin with her dragon wings, which are sick and I would like them. And then Emily in her princess dress, which is contrasts so nicely with the woods later on. I'm in love with like the cinematography of this whole second half. So um, she comes down and tells her, you know, they might have to do it for real. 
Like she's pretty sure they're going to have to do it for real now. She saw Suzerain and he said to kill their, he's going to kill their families if they don't. So it's time for a ritual, a princess's mm-hmm. blood for the Suzerain. So Rachel takes on what I like to refer to as her like 45 year old man um, <laughs> from like the deep Valley who <laughs> worked for like a family real estate company for a really long time. And then, the family real estate company shut down for some reason, but like he, you know, a family friend who also had like their own agency was willing to take him on, but he can't rely on the family connections anymore. Right. Like he's actually got to work mm-hmm. field. So they tell him you should take an improv class because <laughs> Rachel takes on this like fucking like, oh, like this like weird persona she takes on is like a guy who hasn't like read a book in a long time. Like maybe he had an audible trial, but like he downloaded like one self-help book and like mm-hmm. maybe like honestly by accident, he downloaded some like paleo cookbook, but like on audible. <laughs> He's yeah, she does like a like, you know, when people do a man voice like, oh, it's like she does like the stereotypical oh, I man do that voice all the time. That's my favorite way to communicate that a man is in the room. I love that voice. Ugh, like just like oh, I'm a dude. I'm a fucking oh, I'm a guy. So um, <laughs> Rachel's like, OK, well, we need a new plan. And, you know, Emily mm-hmm. can't really swim. So. We go to the lake and tie her up so she can't swim away. And she somehow like produces a rope and some scissors. Like it's almost like an escape room that she's in where she's like, <laughs> think of a way that like you could kill someone with the supplies in this room. So Emily comes up and she's like, what are you guys talking about? And Rachel improvises. She's like, oh, we're talking about how <laughs> I'm a warrior king and I'm going to destroy the princess. And it's like almost like she's like almost a little bit of a Melissa McCarthy moment. Yeah, it was a very it was, again, very broad in like a very weird way in like a very old old man, middle aged man kind of vibe. So Danny is in the kitchen drinking her coffee and just like, you know, soaking up every minute of the girls eating breakfast together. And Emily's on her fairy shit. Pretty hardcore. Caitlin's <laughs> wearing her dragon wings. And let's do this quick little moment. One oh seven forty seven to one oh eight twenty five. Did you know that each sprinkle is a fairy seed? What's a pink one? Uh, it's a garden fairy. Oh, because I have like four on my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Mommy, can we go to the park? Well, I know it's your birthday, but is that what everybody wants to do? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. I love you, Mommy. I love you too. Happy birthday. So there's two things that I think are like really important to pay attention to here, which is like sort of Caitlin's spontaneity and that, you know, this is a mom. She has been telling not to hug her this whole movie. And she like throws herself in, into her mom's arms. Later, we're going to see that Rachel has actually like written a note to Deshaun to mm-hmm. let him know that, you know, love you, not coming but home. Miss you, but I'm living with Slytherin these days. <laughs> so 
Um, yeah, you know, this is just like, again, it's, it's so clear what they're trying to portray here. They're really the, the way they created these archetypes and the way that honestly, the nuance with which these girls play them Mm -hmm. is impressive because it would be easy to go extra, extra broad with any of these characters. So we get this beautiful drone shot of the woods and a river. It is really lush and pretty. They make this look really nice. And Emily's flouncing down this like wooden bridge with her princess dress that has like a pretty covering on it. It's like honestly one of those like ideal wooden bridges. And she pauses and turns around and yells, guys, I thought we were racing. And we see that Caitlin and Rachel and their dragon and knight costumes are just like standing there like limp armed. And Caitlin whispers, is this really happening? And Rachel's like, "Mm mm-hmm. And they just start running (laughs) towards Emily on the bridge and they're all laughing and like, you know, they've decided to give her like five minutes to feel comfortable. Basically they're laughing and running through the woods. And Emily is like, you know, just like completely feeling her oats, like spinning around and laughing under the trees. And like, she has her total princess moment where it's just her. And it's one of those things where she makes it look so good that the other two girls are like, fuck it. I'm going to twirl around too. And finally, the three of them like collapse in this fit of giggles. And Rachel goes, hey, Emily, look what I got. And she pulls out the rope and suggests that they play a game where Emily is tied up as a fairy princess and she's the evil warrior. And Emily doesn't want to play that. She's like, I don't want to play that right now. (laughs) (laughs) She's so good. I love love her. Yeah, um, because I, I believed it. Like, I believed that, like, maybe she would play it later. But right now she doesn't want to play it. Uh, but Rachel's insistent, you know, playing fairy princess is the best. And Caitlin wants to. And it's her birthday. And this is the it's her birthday. The the tenderness of this age. Like if Emily was like 15, 16 and someone pulled the it's her birthday thing, I don't think Emily would stand for it. But they're like 11 years old. Mm-hmm. They're and right it, in that slice of space where like that is a thing that you'll be like, oh, OK. Yeah, like there's a light social contract in place because like you are getting to a certain age, but it's, you know, there's no you have no mastery over it. So um, Emily asked Caitlin who she's going to play. And when she's quiet, Rachel's like, oh, she'll be uh, the big (laughs) bad dragon trying to eat you up. And Emily is like, okay. So uh, they start to laugh as they tie Emily up and they're basically like, shut your eyes, Emily. And they lead her by the rope, basically like a dog. And she's like, where are we going? And Rachel's like, somewhere fun. Uh, My secret warrior hideout. So Rachel advises (laughs) Caitlin to not look Emily in the eyes because when you look someone in the eyes, you see yourself. And she doesn't want to kill herself. (laughs) Which like, okay, like what what is that special does she have access to? Like, is she watching the Sopranos? Like, what's happening? (laughs) What is this child doing in her? fuck? Well, I mean, she's on her fucking tablet, dude. Yeah, I know. And like, by the way, like, again, Game Master. Did she hear that from the Game Master? She heard it from the Game Master, probably. 
So they get out to the lake and they huddle around this clearing and it's actually a really beautiful shot. Just shout out to the cinematography. I always feel like I have to acknowledge that when it's great. So Rachel drops the rope and then pushes Emily into the lake. But this is a bad plan because the lake is shallow. <laughs> like it's essentially like a massive inconvenience and kind of a dick move what she's done here and like really not at all telling of what's about to happen. Yeah, no, it's just like it's amazing that throughout this entire because it feels so long watching this entire thing. Um, and it, it's amazing that that they did any harm to anyone because they were so fucking bad at it right. until it got down to it. And they well, had to just be like, all right, fucking go. Yeah, it's um, it's it's very it's very scary. It's very Rachel is very Charles Manson with this whole thing. And it just it bums me out that Anissa, who we think is the Rachel character, mm-hmm. is the one that is more likely to get. Paroled out sooner or like have her sentence reexamined sooner. She was denied one as recently as like, I think, like March it was like the 21st or something like that. Yeah, of this year um, that basically the judge said she's not done developing. And I'm like, well, yeah, she definitely needs to leave with like a frontal lobe. Like <laughs> she should be working as like the cashier at the commissary. Like she should be working like some sort of like cash register job where she learns practical skills, because I do think like she's an extreme indoor kid, which, mm-hmm. you know, like she just she's an extreme indoor kid and that she probably doesn't know how to like answer the home phone correctly. Yeah. She needs to be like properly socialized. Yeah. And like, this was, you know, iconically like Anissa was the one that was like, how far do we walk? (laughs) And the cop was like, like five miles. And she was like, Oh wow. That's like a lot for me. And like, it's like, Oh my God. Like what? Like girl, don't worry about it. You'll be walking in circles in a cell for like the next 25 years. (laughs) So it's true. Rachel's like, it was an accident, Emily. Like when you kicked me in the face last night and Emily's like, I apologize for that. Rachel's like, sorry, Emily, listen, go wait by where the backpacks are. We'll be there in a minute. Emily's like, you guys are acting super weird today. Um, And she's right. And she's fucking correct. (laughs) She's right. I know. It's like so. um, Yeah, it almost like shows this like weird maturity in a way. That she's oh, yeah. able to just like, you know, she's not being like, you guys are being kind of mean or something. She's like, you guys are acting super weird. And that's exactly oh, yeah. right, Emily. It's socially savvy. So she starts to march away and Caitlin sits down on a rock and is basically like kind of whimpering. Rachel sits down next to her and comforts her. This is another just like weird ass scene. One twelve nineteen to one twelve thirty six. It's okay, little princess dragon. Let's go deeper into the woods. Okay, it's okay, little princess dragon, while stroking her head. I mean, I feel like what we're witnessing and what we're seeing here is very much like a covert narcissist at work. Where, like, oh, yeah, you know, she has dreams of fame. And she knows she's not going to be able to execute them herself. Like, she's always probably going to have to turn to someone else to, like, help her out. But, like, she knows how to keep her person propped up so that they can keep working for her. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, she's in, she's like a master manipulator, but also bad at it. Like, it's incredible that this was even able to happen. No, it's but just like, wild to me. This is like, you know, I wrote in my notes right here that this is to me, like as we close out to like commercial on this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, this is the type of female friendship that like vice articles are written about where it's like your female friendships are even more influential than any romantic relationship you'll have. And I look at this and I'm like, I just don't think, and I don't think it's like some sort of failing on my part as like a woman or a friend. I've never been this far gone. Yeah, no, and neither have I. I've never convinced someone to work for me like that. And I've also never been someone's bitch like that. No, it's it's bizarre. Like the dynamics are are super familiar. Like we've seen them over and over real in media Caroline and just in life. But Natalie's situation. Oh, it's a real Caroline and Natalie situation for sure, dude. So um, Emily's digging around in her backpack when Rachel and Caitlin approach and they're like, OK, we're going to play Dragon Eats Princess now. And Emily's like, I'm over <laughs> it. And Caitlin's like, no, come on. It's my birthday. And Emily's like, well, all right. So once, you know, Emily flounces off and they definitely show Emily like this character as being physically fit in these scenes Mm -hmm. where she's like running with a lot of ease. And it's true because like I think it is important to sort of include that in the character because the reality is, is that the real little girl was, Mm -hmm. you know, she pulled herself through, I think, like 30 yards or something. of Yeah, to get to the road. Yeah. So like, you know, I I just think that the way they shot this was really great because it was very subtle. And um, before Rachel takes off, she hands Caitlin a pair of scissors and Caitlin turns to the tree and starts counting. And Rachel and Emily just like tear through the woods together. Um, Caitlin counts to 10. She gets to 10. She starts running and um, Emily stops at a clearing because she knows she's far ahead to look at some flowers. And like she I don't even know if she's like aware that Caitlin's finished counting to 10. She's completely in her own world. And Caitlin hands Rachel the scissors and she's like, do it. You know, you know, all the good places. Which she I'm guarantee you she does. Yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. Like if you think that she wasn't watching on like how to like strip a corpse, like are you kidding me? like how to remove flesh from bone like Rachel doing it all. So. Ugh. So. um. Rachel's like, no, Caitlin, you should do it. Go bananas. Take her down. So didn't you say that like go berserk was what? I think she said go ballistic. She was like, just go nuts. Like go ballistic. And again, like this is where the Michelle Carter case comes up for me again. And I always cite her because, you know, she was basically tried for murder because she was texting her boyfriend who had been saying for almost a year that he almost every single day, multiple times a day is saying that he was about to commit suicide and they were both very mentally ill. She was dealing with like crazy medication swings. Like she was essentially like poisoned by her medicine. Um, And when I, I look at, then I look at something like Rachel being like, you know, go for it, go bananas. I'm like, that is so much more Mm -hmm. intentional then I don't know. I mean, it it is a little apples and oranges, but it's also not. It's another person facilitating 
essentially a murder. Um, so- yeah, to a to a mentally unwell person. I mean, granted, she doesn't fully know that, but I feel like she has an inkling by this point because she knows that this person is easy to manipulate. Oh, yeah, that's 100 percent it. Like she's like is probably like something might not be fully there with Caitlin, but this is working for me. So, yeah, exactly. Um, so Caitlin starts running towards Emily and Rachel turns away. So she doesn't have to see. And Emily turns around just in time to see Caitlin standing over her with the scissors and Caitlin starts stabbing. And in real life, uh, the victim was stabbed 19 times. Um, this is insane. Emily is like pleading for her life. Basically like the lines that they gave her were so heartbreaking. Cause she's like, please, you're my friend. You're hurting yeah. me. Like, it's it very- breaks your fucking heart the entire time. Like it, I mean, it's hard enough to watch a, a young child stab another young child, but then like the the lines that they added were like fucking heartbreaking shit. Yeah, yeah. So then Caitlin's like, you know, as covered in blood as one can be after this sort of act. Like <laughs> she's not looking great, and um, Emily right away starts to like crawl slightly over to this log and Rachel, you know, who's stunned, she snaps out of it and she's like, okay. So she picks up Emily and like throws her body across this log. I'm not sure what she thought she was doing, but she threw her body across this log and she goes, stay here. Don't move. We're going to go get help. So Rachel and Emily take off and, you know, they get to their bags and they're sort of just like finally realizing what just happened. Like Caitlin for sure is just coming to. But I mean, for Rachel, I don't think uh, killing was what she thought it was going to be. No, she seemed a little bit. I mean, she was freaked the fuck out, but it seemed performative. Like she was like a little bit like bummed. Like, eh, I don't know. It's almost like, well, I don't think Rachel is like Rachel's so self-centered mm-hmm. as a character. Like this character is so self-centered that like. I don't think that she can like experience authentic emotion because she's like yeah. worried figuring out like where she stands in any given situation. Like she just watched a murder. She can't feel bad about the murder because she's too busy worrying like, well, is this going to affect my computer time at home? Yeah. She's like, how is this going to affect me? Fuck. Yeah. So Rachel and Emily start running and, you know, they basically walk and walk and walk and walk and they decided okay suzerain is bound to come out sometime soon so we just (laughs) got to keep walking until suzerain can find us and rachel asks caitlin like do you think she's dead yet and caitlin's like yeah probably so oddly enough uh rachel's the first one to snap 118 19 119 03 let's watch this little pussy fucking crumble under the pressure <laughs> of just having murdered someone i want to go home <laughs> i want to go d i wanted to take us home no you can't do that he'll call the police we'll go to prison forever you did it you wanted to do it I'm 
So Caitlin is still actively trying to summon Suzerman. Yeah. She's like still like, all right, where is he? Like, this is our guy because obviously that's where her head's at. And uh, Rachel has moved on to who can I blame? Rachel's Very like, quickly. I want to go home. This is your fault. Your idea. Like Deshaun's going to be mad at me, but I want to go home. Right. So it's very clear that like. As soon as it comes down to it, you know, like, the, you know how like everyone like. When they're in a life or death death moment, they say like everyone's a Christian. Mm-hmm. OK, so like in a life or death moment, Rachel is not a Sluzerman fan. No, absolutely not. Rachel is uh, sick of the fucking Sluzerman because she definitely never really believed that he was super real. She's like, actually, I would prefer to go home because home is real. And Caitlin is just like, no, it's all real. And we need to find him and make sure our parents aren't dead. Yep. So then we see a guy in a motorboat who honestly I feel bad for because like, you know how it is. The roughest. Oh, he's never going to get over that shit. Also, just like, you know, you're like living. He looked like he was drunk. Like they sort of I look like he was a little bit like shitty off of Bud Lights in his motorboat. He was a little bit fucked up. He was a little bit lit on something. And you know that that man, he is the like, we're lucky he even called and reported it because that man does not want to deal with the dead body today. But absolutely not. She is in a princess dress. So Caitlin and Rachel (laughs) have made it to the dump, which is a furniture store that I did not know is real. It's a real place and it has a great fucking theme song that you should absolutely uh, give a goog. At your earliest convenience. When you lived in L.A., was that like a theme song you heard or is that just like P.A. shit? It might just be P.A. I I feel like it's probably East Coast and like maybe mid Midwesty kind of shit. Like in Massachusetts, we had building 19 and like building 19 and a half had like furniture, like the different building 19s had different things. And I, but the dump is more like true. It feels almost like if living spaces did just clearance furniture, because I mean, I think it's like, oh, I got it at the dump. Like, I think that's exactly the vibe of it. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. What they really want to let you know about the dump, which is so weird that they agreed to be in this, (laughs) is that you can send two 11-year-old girls covered head to toe in blood in there, and no one will notice. Literally not one person was like, that's weird. Those children, because they are drenched. Like when I say covered in blood, I mean like her, like Caitlyn's whole face is I like would, honestly, red. I saw Caitlyn. I would think that like she got dragged on by her neck, like on cement. Like she has yeah. like she has hamburger meat neck. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, these two get back there to the bathroom really quick. They kept like it must have been like they must have really gone into a Walmart or something because. Um, the way that they filmed it was like every adult that could have possibly seen them looked just a second too late. So maybe they felt the need to include that part in the story and just decided to teleplay it like that. But anyway, um, 
so they get to the bathroom and they finally like take in what they look like and watching the two of them clean themselves was so painful because they are 12 years old or whatever and fucking dumb and bad at cleaning and like they're taking forever to clean this blood off of themselves like yeah. it's like babe you are not getting the the paper towel needs to be wet it should yeah the paper towels are dry like i'm like imagining like sticky blood and like dry paper towels watching it it was not cute the dna in that (laughs) the dna was everywhere would have lit the fuck up i feel like that store would have to close down like oh yeah like a weird thing like like the lululemon murders where it's like i feel like no one went to that location for a while yeah, no, it's like a fucking biohazard. So Rachel sees her key ring. She has like a photo key ring with her and Deshaun on it. And she really starts to lose it. So they head back out of the store and they hold hands. And then we see Deshaun, for some reason, got the urge to look under Rachel's pillow. And he finds a note that says, Dear Mom and D." Please don't worry about me, but think of me smiling and happy. I love you both, grandma and grandpa, and my real dad too. I will think of you every day while I live at the Suzerain or live at the Suzerain's palace, and I will know that you are alive because of me. Love, Rachel. So we're like, you know, establishing some things here, right? Like we're establishing that like Rachel knew it was premeditated. Mm-hmm. But- she also did it under like, you know, coming from what it seems like a very naive place of thinking that killing her friend is going to save her family. So he's obviously very confused. And we see Nathan is on the couch and he gets up and I just feel this for because like I feel like I really empathize with Nathan. So mm-hmm. like I see Nathan and I see him have to get up. You know, it's such a pain in the ass when the doorbell rings and you're all just like chilling and you're not expecting the doorbell to ring. And it's a fucking cop. And then we see Nathan come upstairs and Danny, who's just vacuuming away. She, you know, thinks her daughter's at the park, like just the way that she said she was. She's getting her vacuuming done. And he comes up and we just see Danny's face as he starts to tell her the news. Then we see Jackie, the stripper mom, running (laughs) John's arms like the two of them have never spent a day apart. They're running to each other like true twin flames in the middle of crisis. And they start to question Danny and Nathan and the actor who plays Nathan, like he turns to Danny for a hug and we just sort of like linger on his face for a moment. And the way the actor is playing this is brilliant because like he's obviously very sad, but his eyes are wide open like Mm -hmm. he is he's living his nightmare like outside of his own body. Like, it's like his worst, you know, this is something that, you know, maybe he wondered like, oh, would I ever be capable of something like that? And then now his daughter, who he was hoping could like escape this and who he maybe even had an inkling was dealing with this. She is caught up in it. Like, what a nightmare. Not for my Nathan, not my husband. No, so no, he deserved better. Rachel and Caitlin are kind of taking a break on the side of the road way out somewhere and a cop car pulls up to them and Rachel stands up right away. She's like, oh, my ride's here. (laughs) And they're in the back of the cop car and Rachel tells the cop, she's like, I'm scared. And he's like, don't be scared. Your parents are at the station. And then Rachel turns to Caitlin excitedly and she's like, they're alive. Everything's going to be okay now. And Caitlin turns to her and says, Sophie says everything's going to be okay too. 
So the cops obviously like looking into the rear view mirror, <laughs> like, all right, taking um, he's, he's clocked it. Right. Yep. So, uh, one year later. So Danny is talking to a group of parents. Um, you know, I made a mention before. It feels a little bit like Dylan Klebold's mom, like going to talk to parents, <laughs> now, you know, where it's like, yeah, they're doing like a uh, little talks. You know, watch out for this in your own children. It's like, yeah, the worst thing possible happened to me. And I'm going to come to my school and say essentially like, yeah, my child was bright and smart and also a murderer. Here's how take tips from me (laughs) on how not to have a murderer. Uh, (laughs) 12413 to 12517. I thought my daughter's imaginary world was harmless. I thought she was just bright and creative she was special and she is all of those things some kids imaginations are harmless but my daughter's imaginary world led her to do something i never could have imagined as a community how do we know when children's play takes a serious turn We pretend that it's not an issue for our friends and family. And then when we do finally acknowledge it, it's often with fear or anger. Today, we're working with my daughter to get her medication right so that someday she can rejoin the world. And when she does, I am going to be there for her. But this time with my eyes wide open. So while that monologue was happening, we did get to see a clip of Rachel at what looks like was a version of where she was sent, which looks like, honestly, a fabulous denim jumpsuit gardening club. It looks like it looks like what rich women would pay to do. Like she's in a denim on denim outfit and she's planting some sort of seeds and just unconsciously rambling like she's that person that once in a while like are you ever out and like you hear someone talking at like a restaurant at a table next to you or like oh my god so many times and and they're so unconscious in the way that they're going about their conversation where they're just like either so negative or so hateful or so like on some sort of angry bender that you're like I never want to talk again. Like, I wish I could. I wish I could hit a mute button on myself so that I never even come close to what it was I just witnessed because that was so insufferable. So Rachel's like, you know, absolutely just bitching away. And like the girl that she's like partnered up with (laughs) is like one of the three POC people in this entire movie. It's Deshaun the teacher and then this girl who is like, you know, also in a juvenile facility with her, um, probably not because of like, oh, we um, I killed my friend because of the Sluzerlin. OK, like this is. Yeah, no, that that girl like got caught up on some fucking like weed charges or some shit like she's not in that kind of a situation. Yeah, and she never like- needed to hear this <laughs> this bitch talk. Honestly, I think she punched her up. Uh, like, I think she probably like punched her foster mom. 
Yeah, probably. I, I, I am not mad about that. Honestly, maybe like, she deserved it, but regardless, she doesn't deserve to have to listen to Rachel. Fucking much talk. lesser charge, like much lesser charge. Yeah. Okay. Much lesser charge. And she, this poor girl, is like having to spend her time in there when she could be gardening and like expanding herself in this like youth enrichment program, sort of decides like disguises prison. Then we cut to. The cold, the stone cold halls of juvenile detention slash the mental institute. I mean, they put Caitlin in a real bum deal. They really like fucked her over. I felt bad. Well, it's like the one with like a diagnosable mental illness is the one that is trapped away. And the worst part is, is that when we see Caitlin, homegirl is not just drawing more than ever like she's created this like mixed media sculpture on her (laughs) wall that is in the shape of an eyeball like no like honestly that you should do a tribute piece on your etsy but like like, (laughs) she has this like whole thing that's mapped out and the saddest part is is like rachel is planting her carrots ready to make her appeal at 19 and try and shimmy out of this because she just she didn't get um, she didn't get the murder sentence mm-hmm. because she fucking gave the scissors to the other girl. Like, it, yeah. oh, it makes me so mad when I think about it. Like, and Caitlin like, would fucking love to garden, probably. Exactly. You know? And like this Caitlin slash Morgan character, like, you know, obviously there's mental illness in the family. This would be a situation where it's like it does seem like her dad has sort of gotten a grip on things. And certainly Mm -hmm. the presence of his daughter at home would encourage that even more. Like she has a manageable mental illness and there was a clear, um, I would say, uh, person who was like, yeah, like a trigger. I would say like an instigator almost, you know. Uh, Uh But yeah, so um, we get. um, this little thing at the end that says visit the child mind Institute at childmind.org to find resources to support children struggling with mental health and learning disorders. Which so, is nice and thoughtful for dyslexia. Or if you think your children are going to murder someone in uh, costumes in the, in the name of uh, the Sluzerman. Sluzerman. Um, I really <laughs> love that you rolled with that on me because I, have his name throughout my notes, but I just feel like Suzerman, Suzerin. Yeah, Suzerin is fine, but like Suzerin, it's a great name for like a a distinguished woman. Oh, Suzerin. Yeah, Um, Yeah. it does feel like very like uh, royalty, like, oh, from the Suzerin family. Hell yeah. Very Um, fancy. Now, this was an idea that you pushed back on. You didn't agree 100%, but I almost wonder if, because Gen Z copes with trauma entirely differently. Like I told you, there are Sandy Hook students that are on mm-hmm. TikTok now. Um, there's like other other things that, that are not coming to mind, but I kind of wouldn't be shocked if Peyton memed herself on TikTok and was like, I'm... The victim in Slenderman, like, uh, like, you know, honestly, I thought about it. You know, I had I had a little bit of time and I thought about it. And honestly, I don't think I would be either because that's it's a coping mechanism like anything else. Like humor is it's definitely mine. So like, 
it, it, it is what it is. And I think that would be one way to go. I don't know that she's going to go that way, but no, regardless, I, I hope I she's happy. Yeah, I don't think she will. I think that honestly, like she shows like the way that the family has dealt with it in the media. She's shown like a sort of restraint that seems to be known as like she doesn't she doesn't want to move through her life as the girl mm-hmm. that had this happen to her. Um, but I will say trauma happens to you pretty fast in this world. And especially if something happens to you when you're like 11. Oh yeah. Those are like the formative years in terms of trauma. Definitely. Like like in terms of just how, who you're going to be as a human being. Yeah. 100%. So, I mean, shout out to her family. Uh, Shout out to her family for sure. Yeah. This movie was, I thought this movie was really watchable i'm so glad you and i did this together um i really appreciated that this was like sort of a high budget piece for them and that they did something like hire a comedic actress yeah i know and it was the way that she played it was really fun actually and um in terms of the internet like this is a movie that required a lot of internet but they did it perfectly where even like the youtube like the way it was filmed like you were seeing all these different like states of YouTubers. Like mm-hmm. you were seeing the video of someone like on their MacBook camera. You're seeing this sort of like adult production. You're seeing like this more, um, you know, top 10 ways the Sluzerin's going to get you. Like they <laughs> had like basically, this is what the experience would be if you were learning about it. And it feels mm-hmm. like a little bit of the QAnon of it all, where it's like when all these different sources from all these different levels of production are saying it, it might be. It could be real, you know, like there's people that think that, you know, there's microchips being put in them right now. Um, So, yeah, I I got mine. And let me tell you, I can hear. uh, (laughs) Wait, Bill Gates isn't dead, right? He's still alive. Uh, Bill Gates is alive. Steve Jobs is dead. Okay, cool. Um, I can hear Bill Gates um, just through my brain, but otherwise I'm doing fine. So it's like not even a big deal. But like, do you remember? As a kid, like when you would find out about something, you'd be like, oh, I don't know. And like it felt so fucking real. All of it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't think I like came into. I don't know that I like ever really found stuff maybe online. I'm having a hard time thinking of like an example, but like. I would I mean, like when say, like the Blair Witch Project came out. Do you remember everyone oh, was like, yeah. we don't know. Like it was my like mom spooky and, I, and interesting. My mom and I thought it was 100% real. And we left the theater and like ran into a guy I went to school with. And he's like, what'd you guys see? And we were like Blair Witch Project. And I was like, is it real? And he was like, no, it's not real. Like, it's <laughs> not real. You know, I know we, um, boy, we like vaguely, vaguely, vaguely knew um, the family of the, the woman in it, Heather. So, like, for some reason, I, like, had the fucking download on the Blair Witch Project. It was, like, the coolest I've ever been. I was like, yeah, it's fake. What's a little Blair Witch Project tea? Can you spill any? Um, I mean, that's all I knew is that it was not. You knew it was like, fake. They, they didn't die. Yeah, because we knew that this person was still alive, but. But yeah, like, I mean, like, even look at like blind item culture, like there's so many things Mm -hmm. read in blind items that like have never been confirmed, but like I know them to be fact. And like, if anyone tried to convince me 
that like XYZ celebrity didn't fuck, uh, you know, some guy off grinder <laughs> through a sheet. I would be like, are you kidding me? No, everyone knows the sheet story. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Me? Fact. That's like, duh. Uh, by the way, don't uh, tweet at me and ask me what that is. Like, Google it yourself. Truly. Um, that's yeah, that's, it's out there. You got to find Google's that one free. on your own. That's that's me, you know, t- taking you to a podcast university. Just Google it, you guys. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, um, I, I, uh, this was really, really, really fun. I it was. enjoyed it. I thought that again, the internet thing, the whole internet of it all, the creepy story, uh, creepy storypedia, creepy storypedia, really good version of creepy pasta. Like creepy pasta is almost like the worst version. <laughs> like creepy pasta feels like what they would say on SUV. SV, it does. SVU. <laughs> Yeah, no, it does. I, those are my favorites. The ones that they fucking they're, they're so good. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. And it's delightful. Well, you guys, um, thank you so much for listening. I am Slender Mommy, as you know, also known as <laughs> Molly McAleer. Please check out the links in the description. Notably, please check out Krista's art. Uh, there's a piece on her page right now called blood orange which i fucking love and i would buy for my house myself if i had the room for it like i literally was going through your store with you the other day on stereo and i was like (laughs) yeah that one that one's kind of tiny so you might have space for it i was having envy though well no i actually Mm -hmm. like really like Chris, like I have to figure out like what i'm gonna do like i don't know where (laughs) to store like paintings like i have like large pieces of art on like every wall of my house which i love oh, wow. but also i don't know what to do with them all so um yeah anyway listen check out krista's art check us out on stereo we go live all the time um yeah and it's so much fun on there i love that we've like gotten to like get to know each other and bond yeah you uh you reminded me last night that you met up with christina lopez when you lived I in la did. Yeah, I asked her. Uh, I asked her to tell me her nine eleven story. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> Get down. I to love Christina. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys, I hope this wasn't too night and day for you. It was literally night and day for us, like uh, <laughs> when we recorded. But um, I'm glad we were able to wrap this up. I really enjoyed this. I hope this, you know, doesn't feel too different. It shouldn't feel too different. But um, I am different today. Every day. Every day. We're new. Um, please <laughs> uh, monitor your children's internet activity. Tell your friends about this. Check out the Solid List and Patreon. And um, yeah, I fucking love you guys. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. <laughs> 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.